to hold on here. Oh, the dream. Where are we? There we are. Had to mute Skype. <laughs> oh, Skype, you so Skypey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. It is Friday, June the 2nd, 2017. We have rolled into June, which means in another three months, Canada will finally get summer for four days. It's coming soon. <laughs> Brace yourself. Those four days are coming, and then we're going to roll directly back into winter and continue the salt mines from there. Did, did, Ladies, did, didn't you hear? We pulled out of the Paris Accord, so now you get five days of summer. Oh, and then we follow it up with nuclear winter. Let's go. You're welcome, Canada. You're welcome. You're welcome. We're ready for nuclear winter because we're already in six months of winter out of the year anyway, so it's all good. Bring it on. What you got? All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to press this button. We're going to see if everything is actually going to work when we press this button. Will it happen? Is everything okay? Oh, my goodness. Other than me being blue like I'm in a hit early 2000s single, we are off to the races. Let me just go whoop. Something like that. Close enough. Ladies, how are you two doing today? Mr. Panic. We didn't get to talk much about this last week because Jeff literally took up five and a half hours showing us the craziest collection of video games that he has ever pulled down in one sitting. Uh, we never get to talk about the fact that uh, that you... Picked up a little something uh, uh, your of your own there last uh, last week, and you've been getting more use of it in the last few days. There it is, which plays to nobody on iTunes, but right now he's holding up his HTC Vive. So uh, I'm gonna we I'm gonna ask the mystery. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you, how has it been? Because you were the first of us three to to get in on the Vive. Jeff has the the PlayStation VR. You're the first, and and I have to also ask: Did you actually go through the setup of putting like the sensors in in position and all that stuff? And what's the experience been like? Um, so it came in on Wednesday before the podcast last week, and I was super excited. Like you know how you had that N64 kid when he got the N64 on Christmas, and he was like screaming. I yes, was, I was really excited when it showed up. And then I opened the box and I looked at it and it was like Wednesday. I just worked a full day and I looked at it. And I'm just like, yeah, this isn't happening today. This probably isn't <laughs> happening tomorrow either. I'm, I'm probably just going to do this on like Saturday or something. Um, ah. And I, I'm not going to knock the product like for a version one product. It's fantastic. I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. It kind of it has all the drawbacks I expected, but. It's really fun. I'll talk some, a little bit about the games maybe a bit later on. Um, but it's just so many wires. Like there was like four power adapters, USB cables. It's just a lot of stuff. Um, you can probably see if you're on the actual live stream, there's like a black cable hanging down from the ceiling behind me. Um, that's from yes. one of the lighthouses. And then I had the other lighthouse, which is directly in front of me, which was um, pretty much like a life or death situation to get up there. Um, because if I fell to the left, I'd fall out my window, which was about 10 stories up. And if I fell to the right, I would fall <laughs> on my computer desk and all my computer stuff. Um, and I was standing on a windowsill for a window bay that's like my height, six inches wide. Figured, you know what? I, I've had a good run. Um, I, I, I got feel it like, up, I got I it feel like of those two options, falling on your computer stuff is still totally the best of those two worlds. Because I'm going to say as much as I love my computer stuff, 10 stories 
gonna end me a lot faster than laying on top of my monitor. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I, I, I feel like I could probably, if I flap my wings enough, I played enough PUBG that I might be able to land properly. Just so, yeah. Um, I played mainly, um, I played four games um, so far. I have not busted out Elite Dangerous, even though I have like the sticks and everything. I'll do that later. Um, mm. I played Space Pirate Trainer, which is probably one of my favorite games so far. Um, it's just target drones. Um, I got the vibe mainly for soundboxing so I can get moving and do a little bit more exercise. Um, mm-hmm. That game is surprisingly and stupidly simple, but it's really fun. It's just a rhythm game where you pretty much have to like punch the notes as they come in, and it will play any song from like YouTube, and it will dynamically generate the game for you. And okay. it's got voice control, so I can be like, I want to play, you know, Tearing Up My Bass by Maximus Black, and it will generate it for me. <laughs> um, so um, it's pretty cool. Um, and then the other two, which were more substantial games, was Subnautica, um, which mm-hmm. is like a survival game made by the guys who made Natural Selection. Um, mm-hmm. That was the only game I, I got nauseous while playing it. Um, it's seated VR, and it's like one of those like survival games. And it was just really weird because like I'm moving around. The controls are super intuitive, but it was just very like I felt nauseous after like 45 minutes to an hour of it. And I actually like that was like the one game I had to stop. Um, and then I'm sure the, well, a bunch of you have seen me on Steam playing Star Trek Bridge Crew. <laughs> yes, that's um, the one I wanted to hear about. Yeah. How has it been? Yeah. on the bridge of your own starship. Um, the game is I don't know I don't know what the staying power is going to be. Um, but that being said. It's super fun, like surprisingly fun, and it's really well executed. The graphics kind of suck, but I kind of expected that. Um, But it's relatively seamless. Like I was able to jump in and start playing with people on the internet, like the VR experience of just playing with people um, Mm -hmm. really quickly. Um, And the controls worked really well. I literally have to hold just both controllers, and then you pull the trigger to like activate, and then you can just like touch things on the control panel and like all the panels okay. in front of you, they more or less just work. Um, my only qualm with the game is it's a little bit simple. It's not as like um, complex as say like Artemis Bridge Simulator, which is another similar type of game. Right. But like it's super immersive. Like I was sitting there and I'm like, this is really cool. Like I'm sitting on the bridge and the game evolves as you're playing with people. And like I've had some really professional crews, which you know the captains like all four and it plays really well and the environment meshes together. And then I've had people like Jeff were just hilarious and super crazy. And (laughs) those are also super fun. You know, the ship may explode, but the game itself ends up being really fun. So, you know, um, it's an interesting experience. So like, I'm hoping Ubisoft does more with it. Um, but that being it's Ubisoft. So, you know, they're probably going to fuck it up, but, um, it's a good, it's a good launch title. Um, HTC is including it with the vibe now. Um, and I think that's definitely like a really good move. Um, because it's one of the, it's like a game that's very intuitive. A lot of people can relate to it and you can just kind of get in and play. Um, it doesn't like bog you down in the minutia of Star Trek. Like there's four tutorials for each of the roles and you just play. Um, you know, you can master mm. the game probably within about an hour and then you can get, you know, you can play games with people really quickly and just get used to it. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. Sounds like, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not big in the VR thing. Uh, obviously I'm, I'm not all that interested in it, especially in version one, but, uh, I it's think the vibe was like, yeah, exactly. But I think the vibe was probably the closest that, uh, we were going to get to. Yeah. 
like hardware wise, you, I, I, there is definitely like a screen door effect. Um, the headset's mm. kind of tedious. The wire on the back of it's annoying, um, and those are kind of things I knew walking into it. Um, but I, it's one of those things that I've been always wanting to do. So I'm just like, you know what? I'll just pull the trigger. You know, I'm always yeah. an early adopter, so might as well. Um, I would say if anyone's like on the fence about it, wait until Gen 2. Wait until the wireless stuff comes out. You'll probably enjoy it a lot yeah. more. I think that's probably going to be it. I'm just scared when they go wireless. Those things already weigh a pretty hefty amount to begin with. Um, they they stealth, because I've used the Vive headsets before. They kind of stealth released another version in the middle. Um, mm. And I actually ended up getting one of the newer ones without realizing it. Um, but it's lighter than the original. It's like 10, 15% lighter. Um, and oh, they also okay. changed the wire. So instead of like three or four wires coming out of it, you have the one wire for the three ports, and then you just have like a little short headphone dongle so you can attach whatever you want, earbud wise. Um, so it's nice. It's like actually a lot less neck fatigue than the older headset. I was surprised that that little weight reduction had that much of an impact. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And Mr. Black, I only was at your house not even three hours ago, so we were, we're caught up, but nobody else is caught up. So what's mm. exciting in your in your life in the last uh, in the last week since we've been on the podcast? Uh, not too much. All that retro stuff that I got that I talked about last week. I went and sold pretty much all my doubles, and uh, yeah, I've just been kind of chilling, enjoying the nice days when they're here, and you know, chilling a little You've bit. Been getting before, some sick uh, finds, the, man. The RuneScape grind here on Sunday. So, oh, the Sunday dream. Yeah, mm. just had my last <laughs> RuneScape. Freedom. Yeah. <laughs> RuneScape's coming back, boys. <clears throat> oh my goodness. You're almost there though. You're almost at the end of it all. You're not gonna have yeah. to almost do too there. much more RuneScape. And then uh and then you're you're just gonna have to put up with maybe, you know, three, four years of people asking you why you're not playing RuneScape. I mean that's that's not really a huge <laughs> hurdle to get to get over top of. It'll be it'll be perfectly fine. We've got uh, a fair amount of stuff to talk about, but before we do, of course. Let's uh, at least quasi start the show. Mr. Maximus Black. Mm. Hit me up with the sound of attempting to climb out of silver in Heroes of the Storm. Uh, yo, guys, guys, just push. Push bottom. Bottom. The fucking keep is down. No, bro. Bro, what the fuck? No. No. Fuck. Fucking Christ! Son of a bitch! Learn how to play! Jesus! Fuck! Um, can I can I interrupt for a second and kind of switch this up too? <laughs> but um, Adam, can you hit us up with the same noise? Uh, sure. <clears throat> Guys, top and bottom are pushing. We have every camp on the map. We can win. We have. We're two levels up. We're telling up. It's fine. Just go. Just go. No. No, not the fuck. Don't do the fucking boss. It's not time to do the boss, you fuck. We gotta get the boss. No, stop. No, you're throwing all you fuck. Oh, fuck why you. the fuck didn't you come here? You, you fucking fool. threw, goddammit. You should have came with the team. We fucking called. We fucking called, boss. You suck, reported. Every time. Every time. Accurate. I cry. Accurate. Silver boss throws. I, I want a T-shirt that's just about silver boss throws because it's it's no joke. Eighty percent of every uh, of like it's all the time. It's it's just boss throw. It's fuck it. Who wants to win? Let's just go do boss because it's up. 
Uh, I had terrible. already forgotten about it, dude. Let's let's just move on. I've I've I forgot on. about it, and and you've you've we reminded me. Need to get some me. blood pressure in there. Let's. Pump <laughs> <laughs> uh, we need to. Yeah, we need to wake up. Obviously, that was the way to do it. Uh, but no, we've got lots of lots of good stuff to talk about um, this week. And first up, <clears throat> I, I think I might about... care about two things on this list. So this ought to yeah, be fun. Well, of course, of, of course. Uh, the first one is Jeff's favorite topic, and that's the Nintendo <laughs> Switch is back in the news, boys. But it's uh... fun because Nintendo is starting to let us all see what it's going to be like playing with the Switch online. How exciting and mobile it's going to be because only five months ago, Reggie Fiamme was just pandering to the masses with, oh, believe us, it's going to be great. You're going to use your cell phone because you're already going to be out and playing with the Switch when you're on like the train to work and everything's going to be a magnificent. You're going to use your voice communications on your phone through our service. It's going to be amazing. And then they released pictures like two days ago <laughs> of the voice communication setup for Splatoon 2. And it hurt me in ways I didn't know I could be hurt. I was feeling it in places I, believe, I didn't know I had the feels. I believe we classified it as advanced level stupid and MBA level stupid. If, it's if I really correctly. oh, it's abs- It's advanced levels of stupid beyond belief. Absolutely, I, I can't even like the like, wiring. And, and, like I, I feel like someone's gonna choke themselves while trying to use this. Like they're gonna have someone who accidentally strangle themselves while trying to use voice chat on Splatoon because they turn oh, too yeah, fast that, or something. Jeff, if you see something's going to break, no, no. One I of the, just click those links that are there. You're going to want to see this because it's absolutely fucking beautiful. It might be. You connect your phone to a box. You connect the box to the headphones. Then you connect the box to the switch also, and you have to carry it all around while you have the headset on. <laughs> I'm not actually sure where the controller fits into this. Like if the switch is in your hands or on the TV. I was kind of okay. looking at it. and I'm like, yeah, it's, someone's going to die. It's so dumb. And you know what? The scariest part about this is that this isn't being made by some random peripheral manufacturer that, that's just slapping some shit together, all right? This is being made by Hori, who anybody who's in the fighting game community or anything like that, Hori is one of the most respected gamepad and fight stick makers in the world, if not the most respected. I mean, there's only Hori and maybe one or two other people that, you know, people would trust uh, more, perhaps. And so they're making this product. The dongle looks like a like one of the squid kid type arrowy things, I like guess. Arrow was the idea. Thing. Yeah, it's like this weird arrow. So it's not even like just a, a rectangle, which would have been so much more space efficient, but fuck it. And like Panic was saying, so you get this headset that looks like a slightly better but but not by much version of what you got with the original Xbox Live headset. You, you know those old your headphones head. you got with like disc men where you had like the ear clips yeah. and there was just like the little thing that the, sat on like your the ear Sony and then the, the strap the goes around your back? Yeah. yeah that's what, the, what that's, that's basically what, what it is. And they've got this, the, the microphone out. That, that straps in, it's the polygon link, Jeff. So that straps in. Yeah, I clicked, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I clicked on it. Yeah, no, go ahead. Is it the second, is it the, there's a bunch it's of videos polygon. on this page. It's the polygon link, just, oh, just polygon. scroll down. Oh. Yeah, polygon oh. link. Oh, yeah. okay. My bad. My bad. Yeah, so you're gonna see see it in all of its glory. So the headset clips into the air, the pointed part of the arrow. <laughs> just, 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 just like wait, I have to. How do I wire this? 
He wasn't even aware of his own of his own face, just disgust just written all over his face <laughs> as soon as he saw it. Uh, and then two cables come out of the the flat end of uh, of the of the arrow, one going to your cell phone and the other going to the switch. So all of this just to have voice communication because they were too dumb to just put a jack on the godforsaken fucking switch itself. And it's so cumbersome. You now have a cell phone, a headset, and the switch involved. And they were That's talking fucking about retarded, the- dude. <laughs> That's actually retarded. I'm looking at this diagram. MBA level stupid, man. MBA level. Like someone had to go to school to get this stupid. Oh man. And he, but I can't even blame the the like I can't Is it blame only for one game? Just one game, right? I'm, I'm well, sure it'll is, probably be for others, but this is for Splatoon yeah. so far. Anything that has voice communications, this is gonna, how it's going to have to be, because there's no jack on the Switch for it. It just so happens that this is a Splatoon 2. They couldn't do, they couldn't do the freaking like, headphone microphone thing with the third ring on the headphone jack? Like, really? It's like, not like the Switch is a small thing. I mean, this motherfucker is like yeah. seven inches it's not long. not that big, I mean, I, but like, a phone does it where you have like the three prongs on the headphone yes. jack. Or one of them is the microphone. Just do that. <laughs> How complicated. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, hey, you know what? It's it's whatever because who the fuck uses voice activation for their video games? Who uses this shit? Does this does this even matter? This is absolute this is garbage. This looks like fucking garbage. It looks stupid. I don't even know how <laughs> they even draw that out and think it's a good idea to release that to the public. Yeah. I mean, it's just I want to know the guy who said, yeah, let's go with this. You know, this is a brilliant idea. This is how we're going to sell this to people. (laughs) We're we're going to build this and they will buy it. It looks like some shitty, like something like uh, you'd see in Jet Set Radio Future from 15 years ago. I don't even know what the middle thing is, just where everything connects. (laughs) That thing looks like to be the size of fucking an iPhone 6S Plus. You've got the goddamn switch and you get your cell phone. I mean, I have, you've got I to have, be, you can't be serious. I, I, no, I can't blame, I can't even be mad at Hori because they just, Nintendo went to Hori and said, okay, this is what we have and we need this to work. Like, there's not really that many different ways they can fucking make this work. Hori so, can eat my because, asshole. That's, because that's what phone, Hori can do. Because the phone has to be involved in the loop. If this was just no. simply plugging a fucking headphone in, it's whatever. But because Nintendo needs the, the cell phone to be part of it because they're offloading all of their online connectivity shit to smart devices and not having it natively on the Switch, this has to happen. Now, my question is, if you're out in a park somewhere and you don't have Wi-Fi, like, is, does, does, does the... The Switch Adam, can't play online multiplayer. you need a blown Eclipse to play the fucking Switch, all right? You need a fucking <laughs> an Eclipse that happens once every 17 years on the 19th so day I'm, of the third month. I'm just, I'm it's just curious. fucking stupid. If you're playing this multiplayer and you're using this whole setup and it's supposed to be for being on the go, like the Switch, to my knowledge, does not have any data attached to it, so you can't do that and it would kill oh. your data anyway. The phone, so the idea is, th- this is what I'm thinking of, right? If you're going to play multiplayer, you need to be Wi-Fi, so you're sitting in a Wi-Fi zone anyway, so why is the cell phone so fucking important in this mobile multiplayer scenario? You're going to be in a position where you're going to be, 
You're gonna need fucking Wi-Fi. It's not like you're running off of mobile data to, to make this shit happen. And if you are, you're getting fucked. So I mean, they may as, like they're they're even in this <laughs> photo here. They're missing a book bag because you got to fucking carry everything. <laughs> Remember like, that's no, like, there's, we, like, this is just stupid. This is just so stupid. Can we can we move on to the next part of the switch? This is just getting yeah. Stupider this is, as this, more. is okay. retard- this is just so beyond dumb. It just doesn't even make sense. Thank God that nobody. You know what? <laughs> Funny, true story here, because uh, I finally hooked up my Nintendo Switch that oh, I ended here up we getting, go. and I played it for four and a half hours, and I played Zelda Breath of the Wild, and you I'm going to be honest with you, and rage I fucking hated it. It, it. it didn't know if it wanted to be Dark Souls, it didn't know if it wanted to be Zelda, it didn't know what it wanted to be, it was an ugly ass game, it looks like it was built for the Wii U, and they slapped it on the Switch so they could fucking sell a console. You lasted and longer than four I thought and a half you would. Hours, I, I played that game. shit. Hey, four and a half hours I played that shit, and I fucking sold the Switch the next morning for 500 bucks and 12 N64 games. I never want to see the Switch again. I gave it an honest try. The red and blue variant no, of fair, it is a pretty ass-looking controller. It's a cool-looking console, but the thing's a pile of asshole. <laughs> you going for I watched that yeah. clip and I just watched you walk off a fucking cliff and die. And it was one of the funniest things I've ever fucking seen in my entire life. You just just literally the rage was so pure and true. It wasn't it wasn't it wasn't theatrical rage. I actually watched you no, lose just, five years of your it life. Done. It was done. It was At that moment it was done. <laughs> It was so done, dude. I had to do updates because the frame rate was so shit. The main story. Okay, here we go. The main fucking story. All right. I, I want to oh, know God. something here, Nintendo. I want to know for all you Zelda fanboys out there. All right. We finally get a Zelda with some voice acting. Voice acting isn't horrible. It's not bad. It's okay. It's serviceable. But why in the fuck? Can you not voice act the entire main storyline? Why is it that I only get voice acting on certain cutscenes? Everything else, it's like that stupid fucking ukulele game where it's like, and then you've got to read a bunch of dialogue. And then the next scene, finally, there's this old woman's like, I remember the time back in the day when the four different seasons were there. And you're like, okay, this is cool. But where in the fuck is the rest of the voice acting? Nintendo, if this is the game you're going to push, this is the game that you're going to sell with all your switches. You can't even afford to pay a voice actor to put on there. I had some fucking idiot in my stream go, well, Jeff, Jeff, the game, it's only this big. There's not enough space on there for all the voice acting to go on for the main quest. That was that right there was his his rebuttal for me. That was his rebuttal. That was it. That's all he had for me is it doesn't fit on the cart. Jeff, Jeff, you want to know? You want to know why they couldn't do it? Because too much time had to go in to generating locations to hide the nine hundred Korok seeds. Oh my god, dude! That's where all the time and energy went. It's it's, nine hundred Korok seeds. It's inexcusable. Your biggest franchise that the goddamn console has outside of Mario and the only thing that's selling the Switch, the only thing, it was like a one-to-one ratio. <laughs> Basically, every person that bought a Switch got 
Zelda. Not only because it was the only damn game available pretty much worth playing, but it's really their mainstay. It's what sells shit. How in the fuck, if you're going to bring voice acting, that you're going to skimp out and you're not even going to voice act 80% of the goddamn main story? It's ludicrous. Why? Like, you're a fucking billion-dollar company. Stop the madness. You want to know what the real reason is? What I imagine the real reason is for why not everything was voice acted, uh, if it wasn't predetermined that that was going to be the case regardless... Is that this is one of those games that Nintendo uh, is bridging two console generations with, and it got its development got completely fucking halted in a number of ways when they decided that they were going to port this bad boy to the Switch instead of to release it on the Wii U ages ago, and it's just been a bunch of development time dumped into that instead of the important shit to make the game better than it already is. Now, granted, the game, in my estimation, having not played it is is good but not great by any means and should have had more care for being a Zelda game by Nintendo and I agree 110%. But I've got more heinous and ridiculous things to talk about than Zelda because remember when we first talked about the Switch's online thing where they said we're going to uh, pay you know you're going to pay for the online stuff and then once a month we're going to let you have a game that only works for that one month and then you have to go buy it later on, instead of getting, like, games for gold like Xbox has or, or whatever for uh, PlayStation has the same idea. So they've changed their mind, so, which is a good thing because that was one of the worst ideas I've ever heard in my entire life, uh, only perhaps topped by that new headset. Oh, thank you for that advertisement, <laughs> GameSpot. So their follow-up to this is... Um, Instead, you are going to get a access to a bunch of, of retro titles for as long as you are a subscriber to the service. Okay? They also released the amount of money that you're going to pay for this service, which yeah. is super reasonable at $4 yeah. for one month, 8 for 3 and 12 for 20 That's stupid cheap. Nothing wrong okay? with that. Nothing wrong with that. Which is great. Because in all honesty, there's probably going to be three games in the course of the next seven years that you actually have to play online, so that's yeah. whatever. The uh, the thing is, they've changed their mind to do this thing where, like I said, you get access to this stuff. The names, or the games that they name-dropped off the rip were things like Super Mario Bros. 3, okay, sure, Balloon Fight, dope, mm-hmm. Dr. Mario, okay. Those are the three that they chose to name-drop, but... This is, this is the important thing in this news story. A lot of people are reading this thinking they're going to be getting virtual console, like access to virtual console for their $20 or whatever for the entire year and just be able to play these games whenever they want. But Nintendo's being super vague, as usual, about all this shit because they're not saying it's virtual console. They're saying that select games are going to be available to you at all times. They're, they're going to choose which games these are, and they're going to be adding features or whatever to these games, I guess, like multiplayer online for Balloon Fight, I imagine, or something along those uh, along those lines. Probably just and an online s- leaderboard. That's it. Something like that. <laughs> and they still and they still haven't. After this announcement, we still don't know if the Switch is ever going to get Virtual Console. We still don't know. And I'm, that I, I just, so I, I just want to be. I just want to be honest here. All right, 
I just want to be totally honest. We've never been honest here before, Jeff, and, so this would be I, an and, absolute groundbreaking and I know, scenario. Yeah, I, I, and I know <laughs> I can get a little animated and a little fired up, and sometimes I can, I can stretch things. A wee bit. Mm. But I can honestly say this. Now that I've played the Switch and all this stuff that is coming out with the Switch, I want to have a moment of silence for everybody's <laughs> money who bought the fucking console and you guys, if there's anybody out there that is thinking, you know what, I really want to switch for Christmas, I really want to, you know, uh, or I'm thinking about picking one up this summer when they become available again or whenever I can get my hands on one, don't do it. Don't buy a Switch. Wait until Gen 2 of the Switch. It has got a lot of promise because the console does have promise. It is a nice-looking handheld. It feels great. The controller is kind of meh. There's fucking 18 buttons on the goddamn controller, and all of which you got to use for Zelda. Literally stupid. And on the inside of in the menus, they actually have it uh, like menus where you change the jump button and change other buttons because the ones that they mapped in there are so awful that they must have known that people are going to be like, I do not want to play Zelda like this. It's horrible. The the controls are god-awful. If you are going to buy one, and God forbid you already did, go and get yourself one of those game pads or whatever the hell, those classic controllers, because the when you're holding it like a regular-ass controller, the shit is awkward. Your thumbs are in weird positions. It's smaller than fucking Adam's penis. It's not a very it's good tiny. system. You can't get that small, It's Jeff. really not. It's not a good system, and I'm not saying this biasly. I've now played it. I've now owned it, and I've now sold it. It's not good. It's horrible. The shit they're, they're coming out with all the time. Look at this gimmicky garbage they come out with. I mean, it, it, they don't know what they're doing with it. Wait till Gen 2. I'm sure the battery life will be better. I'm sure the, the, the online shit will be better. I'm sure there'll be plugins for sound and microphones and all that fun stuff. Because if you buy one now, in another year, year and a half, you're going to be trying to get rid of your old one. Ain't nobody going to want it. Or it's going to sit on a shelf and you're going to go and spend another four or $500 on Gen 2. I digress. That's it. It's garbage. It's really that bad. It's really that bad. And everything yeah. everything you can play on the Wii U. Like any game worth playing, you can just play on the Wii U and it doesn't look any different. It it doesn't. It, it it's bad. It's right now it's horrible. My so I bought I bought the Switch not for myself but for Gabs, right? Especially because she's going to be uh flying back to Netherlands and she wanted to be able to have something to keep her busy for the, you know, 22 hour long travel time so i picked up this thing she uh she she loves the hell out of everything nintendo so i know she's going to absolutely love the switch 98 percent of the time regardless so it was not a problem for me i don't have a, all that much interest in it and the thing is the, the thing is gams represents a pretty fucking huge portion yep. of of gamers right yep uh Filthy and then casuals that, that don't know anything about tech and are just happy with flashy screens and 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 zelda and that's it. And sometimes, and, and sometimes, I, and sometimes I wish it's not their money sometimes, anyway. So sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I wish I could be in that same fucking group and not I and not care as much. But I the can't. the thing the thing is uh, that people ultimately love Nintendo games, the first party stuff. They love it, and it's very hard I really for like people. Zelda, but it's not for everyone. Yeah, the, it's really hard for people to pass up on an entire generation of a piece of Nintendo hardware to pass up on the Mario and the Donkey Kong and the Zelda and whatever else they come out with over the course of that console's life. It is, even if the hardware is really shit, it is extraordinarily difficult for people to want to yeah. pass that up for four or five years at a time. Yep, yeah, I agree. So, 
It's you know, is it is it the greatest piece of hardware uh, I've ever held? Now that I've bought it and I have it here, uh, no. I think I first of all, my thoughts on it in hand, it felt more solid than I thought it was going to. I thought it was going to feel mm-hmm. a lot flimsier than it does. Uh, mm-hmm. It does feel quite solid. Now snap those two controllers off the side of it. The controllers themselves feel like they're made of paper mache, and I could literally. It, without I, I have I, right now, I can barely pick up a newspaper. I could literally crush those controllers in my hands if I mm-hmm. wanted to. If I got angry mm-hmm. enough playing Zelda because I was like Jeff and I walked off a cliff and I died for the eighty-sixth time, <laughs> I could literally break those controllers just crushing them in my hands. There is almost no other controller in history that I would be able with grip strength to be able to crush. It's those, so, it's I'm actually com- true. <laughs> I'm pretty you're sure not, I could. You're not exaggerating. You're no. literally not. There's also a picture of me now. I know I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a bit of an outlier because I'm a I'm a pretty big guy. I've got pretty big hands. But when they said you know ages ago, when we saw all these videos of people playing multiplayer on this thing, and they're using one of the, of the side pieces uh, of this unit as a singular controller, and I'm watching these guys, and you know. I'm thinking there is no fucking way. All of these people are midgets. There's virtually no fucking way that that one tiny ass controller is going to be comfortable enough to play anything for any period of time. And sure enough, when we get it, the first thing I want to do when Gavs took it out of the box is like, give me one of those fucking controllers. I want to hold this thing. There's a picture of us laying in bed and I've got my hands on this and it literally disappears. There's a controller in there somewhere, but you can't fucking see it. Because I'm just, my hands cover the whole damn thing. And on top of that, it is one of the most uncomfortable things to hold as a singular controller for that very reason. Uh, it's uh, and you feel like you're, you're going to break it. Clubs. You, you, you feel like you're going to break it. Like it, it, it's, it's, it's very awkward. Now, um, the other thing, like Jeff mentioned the controls in, for Zelda, for example. Uh, I ran around in Zelda for a little bit. Gab's handed it to me. I just ran around the world a bit because I'm going to eventually play it. And I didn't want to do anything crazy, but I ran around to see what the general controls were like. They put they like Jeff said they made some of the worst decisions for button layout I have ever seen in my entire life. Some of them were pretty bad. Like some. as it, as it stands, those the the concessions that they made. All of this comes down to the fact that they had to make this thing so that both of those controllers could be an individual controller for multiplayer. So many of these problems literally don't exist, including a headphone jack, Garen fucking teed or a microphone jack exists because they wanted to be able to break these two controllers up to make yep. a multiplayer 100%. experience. Hundred percent. So many of these could be solved. The analog positions. Do I don't know about pan- how you felt about this panic, but even as even with big hands like mine, where I didn't feel like I I, don't, I rarely have to stretch to get to anything on a fucking controller, my thumbs felt like they were in very awkward positions at all times with those analog sticks, and I mean, the throw me- of the stick was tiny. Like I, I like I'm used to with like a, obviously bigger controllers, but I felt like yeah, I yeah. barely even moved it forward before I was bottoming out the the uh, the analog throw. It wasn't it wasn't unpleasant for me. I, I literally sat and played Zelda for like eight, nine hours in one sitting mm. over a weekend at one point. Um, it wasn't unpleasant for me, but honestly, it, it it's not it wasn't ideal either. Like I, I would have much more preferred to, you know, it's like grab like an Xbox controller or something, but it it, it wasn't negative for me, but it wasn't good either. So that's not a great experience yeah, for I, a controller. I, I really feel like the Switch, now that I've played it, as a handheld holding the actual console, it's such a better experience than yes. having it as a, a console. The console yeah. itself 
is bad. It's like they had yeah. a really good concept for a handheld, and they said we need to be a console as well. We need to have both. We need to get in the console market. And they did, and it just doesn't translate the same way. It's like playing a shitty uh, console port to PC. It's, something just doesn't feel right. It doesn't work right. It's glitchy. The controls um, aren't, aren't the way yeah, you want right. it to be. The frame rates are bad. The, the, the way everything looks so pretty. I even played Zelda on the the, the pad and it looks the moment it I had it on the pad better. it ran well yeah. it ran a lot better, better on the pad than it did a the TV mode oh my god and when I was I running it on, on the pad TV I'm like and it looks like asshole it looks like a yeah. fucking bag I pulled of it out I was playing assholes. on the plane I'm like it's this bad. Is so much better on the tablet than on TV. Infinitely well, better. I mean, think, well, I mean Infinitely. think about this I mean it's uh, it's obvious as to why that is the pad is what 720p oh, yeah. native right something like that yeah Okay, so the pixel the density on, on the that TV thing, definitely cause an issue. Yeah, the the 720p, the, the you know the pixel density on that is going to be through the fucking roof in comparison to taking 900p or whatever they were trying to push Zelda at on uh, through in the docked mode to a 60 inch TV. It's going to look like ass. It's it, you you can't get around that. It's just the way it's going to be. Um, now, uh, it does also the nice thing about it though is that it does run so much better in that handheld mode. So oh, yeah. it's I guess I guess there's some small consolation that for what it does best or what people want it to do best, which is provide a more mobile experience for their console gaming, it succeeds. It at least operates at its best in that mode. So that's good. If it operated at its best in dock mode, that would probably suck even harder, but that's not the case <laughs> at all and uh and so I'm I'm happy with it in in that regard. I still think the console is is a uh, is it something? Uh, it's not for me. Uh, there's people that are going to buy it and be very, very, very fucking happy yep. with it. There are people who are yep. going to buy it and be absolutely uh, just sell it in 24 hours or turn around and take it back. Um, the peripherals are really bad. They're horribly expensive. The online is complete and utter shit. Nobody knows what it really even means yet because I don't even think Nintendo knows what it's supposed to be yet. Uh, this new headset thing for the multiplayer stuff. And, you know, you said who cares about the, the communication stuff. I mean, uh, console multiplayer games, communication, even though you and I might not want to use it because we're tired of hearing 12-year-olds fuck our mothers, a lot of people use that shit. That is a standard of online console gaming is voice chat. It is just the way it is. And so to have that be as convoluted and messy and and, and shitty as it is, is not helping their cause at all, uh, and I mean, I could. I'm all. I'm all. This other stuff is is, is whatever. I just want to know why the fuck the virtual console is not on the Switch. Why or or that we've at least heard that it's coming. We don't even hear from from Nintendo saying guys, Advanced it's not there right stupid. now. Advanced but it's it's coming. Stupid. It's coming. Then at least people at home go, oh okay, it's coming. But we don't even get that. We just I, get. Whatever this is. Can I pull anyway. a Jeff and just say, let's bury the Switch and never speak of it again? I really That's probably not going to happen because E3, like is, is, E3 is coming soon, so we're probably going to be talking about it more. But, uh, <laughs> but for now, let's move on I'm to something else. The Switch. Uh, this is something else that uh, has been, uh, that caught my attention because we recently talked about it. Well, I think it was the last episode. We talked about, we talked about Overwatch. the Overwatch, Overwatch League, right? So, uh, coincidentally, a riot came out talking about um, NALCS and, and how the league is now going to uh, operate 
Uh, and, uh, and they came out saying that it's going to be 10 teams, predetermined 10 slots. Uh, the buy-in is 10 million. But the really interesting two things, points in, in this for me, was that there is a minimum $75,000 salary for players, which is quite interesting, and revenue share from the league, meaning any like sponsorships that Riot pulls down for the league, anything like that that brings in big money. Like I think their article references they partnered or had a sponsorship from MLB that brought in like doing $60 what million. Dollars. They're doing what yeah, Dota they, does, right? They split that amongst the revenue based on on performance to the teams and stuff like that, which is mm. which is nice. They're trying to do what we talked about before. They're trying to now emulate uh, actual sport. Mm-hmm. Well, they know what they they're doing. Like what we talked about last time, that Blizzard should have been doing. Um, and Riot and Valve, for example, they they've been flexing their way more. They have a lot more experience in the space for this with Dota and League than Blizzard does in running like larger scale sports organizations. So they're kind of flexing it. Um, there was another thing that I I don't know if it was mentioned in this specific article, but it was actually really interesting and something that I talked about on the Blizzard side of things. Um, they're also funding and mandating a players association. So Riot will put down the initial money um, so that the players can go and the players will choose their own representatives. And that money is going to the representatives and the representatives will represent the player's interests. Riot gets no say in that. Like other than they said we will commit the money and the money's committed. That that's the extent of our involvement. The players will then find people and get representatives and the representatives mm-hmm. can then structure the organization like they want. And I found that huge. Um and the only mandate that Riot said was um this association will need to eventually provide players specifically with, you know, um legal advice, financial advice, and those kind of services for the players that are a part of it. So for me, that's huge, um, and that's kind of a big step. Um, A lot of the other, you know, in the past, it's been like a huge thing. Like teams didn't want to deal with it. Organizations didn't touch it. They might have had some stuff in their contracts, but Riot's like now making it explicit. So um, I may have had a lot of negative things to say about Riot in the past with the way they treat their esports and their talent, but I'm actually 100% on board, and I think that's a really good thing they're doing, especially with the Players Association, to make sure that the players are getting taken care of. That minimum salary of $75,000, um, I think that's a really good starting point. Like that's, that's something that's like setting a benchmark that you need to treat your players with a certain level for you to be accepted in the league type thing. So I think that's really nice. Yeah, I I want to say something negative, but I can't think of anything negative to say here. I think uh, <laughs> I want I, I want to be a negative Nancy, but I got nothing. I do, but I, I do. <laughs> I try so hard to be that other voice, but I mean, these are all good things. Um, I think a ten million dollar buy is totally fine. League of Legends is established. That makes sense. There's yeah. only ten ten teams allowed in there. There's going to be a lot of eyes there. I mean, there's no reason why a big reputable team cannot come up with the $10 million, whether via sponsors or just fucking cash sitting in the goddamn bank. And a $75,000 per player just seems absolutely, it's like being in the NHL, right? There's a, there's a a minimum amount of money that an NHL bench warmer, uh, you know, has to get paid and so on and so forth. So I think that's great. And that allows uh, the teams to, uh, have a standard and allows players to know that 
you know, one guy isn't getting screwed. Obviously, there'll be players on the team that'll make a million dollars a year. Yeah, it'll be all uh, contracts. Of course. Um, but it'll it'll at least, at the minimum, $75,000 is a very good salary, not including any other extra things that they have going on in their careers. They should be able to live comfortably. On they a team. Get healthcare. Well, they have they everything paid for anyway, right? So the majority of these so. players, they typically have their housing paid for. They have their food paid for. Their travel's paid for. Uh, a lot that's of these a things hit or miss, though. No, any major, a lot of major teams. Actually, they for have LCS, a lot yeah, that of that stuff sense. paid for. They would have that. Yeah. Oh, the the room. Like if they go and live in a TSM house, they're not paying TSM. TSM is not uh, forcing the room and board on their players. You know, they're gonna get groceries. They're gonna have workout sessions. They're gonna like have trainers. They're gonna have coaches. They're gonna have life coaches. They're gonna have all these things. Um, you know, we're talking big leagues here. We're not talking some shitty StarCraft two team that, you know, is that has a net worth of a hundred thousand dollars and they're yeah. making their fucking their up and coming player pay for half of their flights. We're talking ten million dollar buy in teams here with a minimum of seventy five thousand salary per player. I think they can fork out twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year in living expenses and and all that stuff uh, per player. Now, in terms of benefits and stuff, yeah, obviously that'll be on the player unless they have some sort of special contract or or something within that that they work out that they'll be responsible for. But I had seventy five thousand dollars. The majority of your time is in a team house, playing and training oh, you and traveling. Be playing and you are not. You do not have time to go out. And spend a bunch of money and and party like a rock star and all this other stuff. There are strict times. I'm sure there's uh, curfew. Oh, I'm sure there is all these things because when you're talking big money like this, this isn't a North American shitbox team where uh, people just wake up and they decide if I'm going to crawl out of bed at ten or eleven. There is complete structure here. This is not. They're they're not playing with fucking you know, up, uh, you know uh, monopoly money. Yeah, these these are big ass corporations. These are the big. You don't play by the rules. Get the fuck out of here because we'll replace you real quick with somebody who wants that position. So, seventy five k minimum. That is a good thing. Uh, shout outs to Riot for for finally uh, taking a stance and and creating some kind of standard and being open about it. And I think they've been yeah. pushed back into a wall for so long, and they've done things the cheeky way for so long. Now, um, you know, they want to talk about being legitimate. Now they're actually being I wanna, legitimate. I want to see so, how it evolves. You know, hopefully they stick to everything here, and it you know pans out well. Because if everything's transparent and this is how it comes out, I think I think they're going to do a really good thing for the esports space, and it might be like a usable model for the other spaces. Mm-hmm. So I'm I, I, I'm wishing them well. I've like shit on them in the past. We've all shit on them in the past, but I'm hoping this goes well because it it's a, it, it on a on a baseline level it looks like a really good model. I have full uh one last thing. I, I have full uh faith in Riot. I think Riot is going to go and achieve what they want. I think Riot will yeah. uh, become the sport that they've that they want it to become, and the reason why that they'll do it is because they put their money where their mouth is, they're consistent, they they put on great production and they they take risks and they they're not afraid to spend money. They're not afraid to make big bold moves that nobody else wants to do. Riot will succeed. There'll be hiccups, bumps in the road. They're going to be the first ones to ever do it and in a lot of ways they're the first to do many things. Uh of course, we're going to we're going to point and and uh and nitpick on things because 
Nobody else is doing this shit. Nobody, even a, a company like Blizzard, they refuse to do it. So Riot is going to be the ones that's going to go and set the standard and everyone is going to follow. Um, is it going to be a perfect ride? I don't think so. But they're it. trust me, dude, whether it takes them two years, five years, or ten years, they're going to get to where they want to go. They're going to get it done. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I really, I'm just happy that the players are actually going to get minimum minimum pay out of all this because in esports, it you know, uh, no matter how much like the original somebody who is thirty k. Yeah. So uh, no matter how much how much on, a lot always. of people want to dumpster on 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 people that are in esports as active players because you know it's not a sport, it's not a whatever. It's it's you know there's the commitment is whatever. At the end of the day, the, the commitment level is still huge. These are guys that sit down, yeah, and they're playing these games for for it's six, like to make eight, the ten NHL, hours dude, a day. Or the it's, NFL, yeah, it's you're, the same you're, concept. It's, it's non, it's nonstop. Are you doing it yeah. physically? Not necessarily, but does that actually matter? No, it's still no. the 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 end result is the same. You're bringing in sponsorships. You're putting on a spectacle for people to watch. Uh, a competitive event and people are doing it and the means in which they accomplish that competitive event doesn't ultimately matter because they're putting in the same amount of time and in some instances more time because you're not being physical you're you're sitting in front of a computer uh, and so instead of just going to a gym and, and hitting the gym up two times a day, three hours at a time instead of six hours a day now, uh, and, and, and you know studying footage now you're studying footage and, and playing for uh, in many cases, eight to ten hours in crunch time before uh, getting ready for a major uh, event. Boot camps, yeah. all this jazz. Yeah, boot Watching camps replays, and all this shit. Uh, so d- doing everything right. Just when you're doing when you're doing crazy. all of that, you know, uh, there's a lot going on. You don't have time to just be like going and getting a job on the side and trying to keep all this afloat. So if with minimum in place, once you've hit that level of play and you're you're in the big league, I think that makes sense. Uh, and I'm I'm happy it's there. And obviously, there people are going to be getting paid a lot more than that. But at least what oh, that yeah. means for the people that are breaking into it, they're going to be able to still sit down and focus on it. I think there were some people that were concerned that it might in, incite a little bit of laziness in some of the lower tier players because they're there and they're making seventy five thousand. But it's that's that's not that's not going to be on the player. That's going to be on the organization to sit the player down and say, okay, look, you're not performing as much as you need to. Uh, you're you're slacking where nobody else is. So either pick it up. Or pick up your stuff and leave, and that's as difficult. As, I don't even think that's that going to be the case, man. Because honestly, seventy five thousand dollars a year isn't even that much money. It's really not that much money considering the amount of work that they put in, and to be at the highest level of League of Legends yeah. play on the biggest stage in the world, they'll be making five hundred k. Seventy five thousand dollars at least. Fuck all. It's the, mm-hmm. the trust me. Ninety percent of the people that are playing these games are not even in it for the money. They they just love to play. They love the competition. They love the fame. They love the notoriety. Sure, the money's great, but at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to create laziness. I think I think laziness is just a thing in general in North American culture when it comes to not only just esports, but in terms of just having the world given given to you. And that's why the Koreans are so good and they dominate so well is because they don't have all these other outside things they dial down they focus there's no static noise around them they know they're focused and that's the show uh i i think paying someone 75k is not going to be a make or break in terms of that's how 75K. much uh, they're not gonna be like oh seventy five thousand yeah. dollars a year <laughs> i'm gonna kick back and just fucking relax i mean even that's if you 75K make 75k a year for not- four years you're not you don't have that much money after taxes and everything else what are you gonna do go retire with your fucking these guys you know, well, my, 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 dollars 
my that's my view 75K is that they're young. is not for your top or even middle level people. That 75k, yeah. no, that's, that's your so that, bottom. That it's guy injury. at the bottom of your roster yeah. is able to buy food if he gets yeah, like that's yeah. for the bottom of the roster to be able to live comfortably because you're gonna have your all stars, you're gonna have like a really large middle base, you're gonna have the lower level ones, and the problem is you need those people to fill in the rosters. You need those people of who course. are you know not necessarily the best, but they're good enough. Yeah, and Riot is effectively saying, you know what? That minimum level, they need to be getting seventy five k a year, yep, and that's, that's perfectly fine. I in like my book. it. That's like a living wage. They yep. they have to put in a ton of work. You know, it's just to make sure they can survive and they're not getting screwed. Yep. I think if you can't if you can't survive and seventy five thousand dollars a year is a living wage. Depends on where you live, man. Live, Depends on where you are. F- oh, fuck off! Don't give it me that true. bullshit. I, it is no, true. No. If you're seventy five k a year, unless you're trying to be on a goddamn penthouse, New York, and you're making seventy five k a year. If you're downtown, literally sitting on top of a fucking building, seventy five thousand U S dollars a year is literally placing you in the upper echelons of every fucking incoming earner on the face of the country. So $75,000 In the country, yes, but not in your location. Not in your location, though. Depends on... And again, you have to pick your location based on what you earn. But seventy-five. Well, where the fuck are these guys living in a penthouse in downtown New York? No! A lot of these teams are going to have to be in L.A. A lot of these teams are going to have to be in different locations. But they're not paying for their... They're not paying for their... They're not paying for their living. We've already established this. Yeah. They're literally getting seventy-five oh, thousand dollars a year. It's, it's definitely and everything's paid for. Yeah, it's, de- it's definitely what enough you, to live. Yeah, and that, the reason why fuck? they do pay that much, <laughs> the reason why they do pay that much, is because a lot of pros they they're always stressed out about their finances uh, because yeah. they either have to work part time and they can't focus on the game, and they have you know outside. Uh, things that are going on, or they have kids, or you know they have family they got to take care of, or themselves. And so they can't fully focus on the game at hand yeah. uh, and they have to worry at least 75 K as long as they're not, you know, living outside their means. Uh, it should be plenty of money for them to live comfortably, especially with very little uh, monthly expenses on their behalf. <laughs> oh boy. Moving on. You know what else you can buy with $75,000? Uh, I mean, it's just, it's just a living wage. So I'm not sure if you'd actually be able to fucking pull it off. <laughs> Uh, the new Intel X series CPU or the AMD Threadripper. These guys Those have be been enough uh, to automatically update the patch notes. Like, is that uh, enough horsepower from those processors? No, it's not enough. We need we need at least Damn. twice as many. We haven't reached that kind of technology yet. Um, <laughs> uh, this is actually the first time that we've been able or, or you know, uh, had an opportunity to talk about tech here because there's not a lot of times we get to talk about it, but because this affects, uh, streaming and content creation and everything else, um, in our space, this is a, a pretty cool thing to talk about. It's also the first time, and I feel like 12, 15 years that AMD and Intel have actually gone head to head, um, and really been bashing horns, uh, over who's going to have uh you know the market especially at the prosumer level which is where they're doing big battling right now i think i think it goes without saying that ryzen wins the 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 flat consumer level right now the value proposition for ryzen is insane it's stupid and now at the prosumer level they're they're going at it again, but Intel getting scared came out with this this X series uh, uh, you know announcement and and shit's getting heated. 
Have you been paying attention to this panic? Yeah, um, honestly, I looked at the i9, and to me, it's dead on arrival, um, just because of the price point. Um, so the i9 now, is coming keep in, in at they have more than grand. just the upper one, right? You, have you seen the oh, full line? Oh, I know, line? I know, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the full line, I think it comes down to like $1,000. They brought the uh, the one that they released last year down to about $1,000. Um, but even then, like, um, I wasn't a huge fan of what's coming out there, because it's pre- pretty much rebadged Xeon hardware. And, um, you know, just modified so that you don't need to have the server level hardware, you know, for like the RAM and the motherboards and the workstation level stuff. Um, And honestly, if you're dumping that much money into a PC, there's no reason to not go with the Intel server level stuff if you have that much money to throw around because it's completely overkill. Um, The i9 is for that guy that wants to just flash around the money saying, I've got an i9 in my machine. Um, You know, Ryzen, again, value proposition wise, it's... It's better. Um, it might not perform as well, but when you're paying half or less for roughly the same <laughs> yeah. performance, um, I'm I I don't think you're going to complain. Um, no. And again, Intel's just and Intel had to do this. Um, it's just like because everyone kind of came out saying, "Oh, this Ryzen stuff is incredible." Intel just kind of needed to just like kind of just like do a little bit of a mic drop thing, saying, "We have the hardware. We can do this if we really need to. This is and here's a product that's better than." You know, on paper and in numbers, it is better than the Ryzen stuff. But Intel's like, we don't need to fight them on price. Our stuff's better. So this was just Intel's, you know, like some predictable move that they were going to make. Um, personally, I don't think we're going to see too many i9s in the wild unless someone just wants to just drop a fat stack of cash just to show off. Um, personally, I've used both. Um, and the AMD stuff is working just fine for me. The Intel stuff is working just fine for me. Um, and these yeah. new things are just going to be overkill for no good reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are your, okay, what's your so take on it? Mine. So like, here's, here's the thing. I love me some Intel, right? I run two PCs here. I've got, I've got Intel all over my shit. Uh, Intel has, Intel has been categorically better to the point where even though they no cost argument. more money, it wasn't even like a thought to go AMD. Some people were going, for a long time, people have been going AMD just to fight the man. That's literally all you're going AMD for because you're not saving the order, you know, the, the amount of money that you're saving with Ryzen versus Intel right now is not what you've been saving performance, price to performance wise in all of the stuff previously unless you go literally about a decade ago or more actually than a decade ago now we're talking like when i was oh we, we could be talking 12 15 years so that's like the last time i feel like amd was even closely relevant enough for me as a consumer to consider any of their processors um unless you're on a seriously restricted budget this ryzen line has changed absolutely everything and a lot of intel fanboys are having a really hard time Dealing with the fact that AMD is actually competitive again. They will always say, well, look, it might have more cores. It might be better at multitasking, but it's still not as good in games. And so I'm going to go and buy this Intel thing. Guys, more power we're talking. To them. Go, go nuts. But I can't understand you. If you're going to really complain where there has been endless comparisons now, you're losing maybe at the highest possible end 10% performance 
in, in gaming because of the slower core speed. And you want to spend between 30 and 80% more money to accomplish that 10% in gaming-specific applications, in gaming's current state where, where single and, and dual-thread applications are king, where you're still wanting to talk about how you want your computer to go 4K in the future, and you're still going to go with less cores for 10% more fucking power in certain games for so much more money, I think you're crazy. I think you're absolutely, you've lost the fucking net. I think you, you've, you're, you're so blinded by the fact that AMD is actually doing something good for once that you, you just, you want to huddle in a corner and hug the Intel 7700K build you just made two months ago. Now you have to come up with reasons why AMD is shitty because you just built a, a fucking $2,000 rig that you could have built now for $1,500 that allows you to do more for less. So this new stuff is even more important, I think, to AMD because it is the first time the we have been all, seeing it's all workstation level hardware that you know most people like yeah. people are going to do it to like share their epin or whatever but it's not it's not, again unless you get unless you're rendering high end video or doing a lot of crazy stuff uh, this hardware needed. has been around it's it has yeah. been around it's just now being rebranded as you know AMD started the core war so Intel's like fine we'll just use our workstation stuff here uh, minor tweaks yeah. um and again like it's overkill for everyone. It's, it's literally just power move. I don't know why. I'm not sure why Intel is fighting this particular fight. They don't need to. You know why? Have their because moment. Intel is for the first time feeling some fucking heat. Right? How many people are talking about Intel, Intel isn't right feeling now? heat? You know, Intel's no, not no, feeling the, any heat right now. It's not that they're suddenly going to fucking collapse. Panic. Let's be fu- oh, yeah. This is like oh, Microsoft. I know that. Oh, I know we're feeling the heat. Linux is coming. No, it's not like the fucking like apocalypse for Intel or some shit. But what it is is right now, it used to be for the longest time people talking <laughs> Intel, Intel, Intel. AMD is all anybody's talking about in the space right now. Ryzen is on everybody's lips. Intel isn't. And why else would they come out and say, hey guys, we can do it too. We need to prove to people that we can take our fucking Xeon cores and strap them together into a fucking Cadillac-sized chip and put it on a motherboard and call it a fucking day. But as far as as far as the money goes and everything, I think the 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 to not drag this conversation out forever, the thousand dollar price point is the most important price point out of everything. Because that's where these two guys are going to meet up. Right? Um I think Intel at a thousand is is the ten core twenty thread CPU, and we don't know mm-hmm. pricing for the Threadripper yet at the highest end, the 16-core 32-thread, I would be shocked if that went higher. I'd be shocked if that was higher than 1,000. And if it did, I I don't know why they would go that far. So I'm guessing it's going to come in at around 1,000 as well. So that will be the fun one to watch. The the $2,000 monstrosity Intel put out is like you said, it's a Xeon wannabe. Why would you fucking do it? Because you got a big dick and you got lots of money. That's about the only reason you fucking go that far. But um, but I think it is very interesting, and it just excites me as a as a as a computer enthusiast because AMD has been so on the back burner. Basically, I feel like I've been watching a horse die for the last fifteen years, just slow death They've out in the woods, the not finding food. Athlon. Exactly, and now here we are. And in the fact that Intel even felt like they had to respond is very very. Uh, positive for me. I think that's great because Intel's prices, if anything, have been way too high for way too long. So, ladies and gentlemen, 
Hey Jeff, what are your thoughts? Hey, what are, you, what are your thoughts, Jeff? I what are your thoughts don't on, give on, on this? Bro, it's like it's like it's, it's like comparing like whose Lamborghini looks better. You know, it's like whatever, dude. The fucking Intel guys are gonna stay with Does Intel, it drive. and that's it. It's it it's it's like comparing Samsung and Apple. You're gonna have your fanboys that are gonna buy their phones. And you know the Intel guys. If there's a if there's an AMD that is comparable in terms of price, the guy and if it's a little bit better, the Intel guys will just go and buy the next level chip up, uh, just to say they have a better chip than the other guy with the AMD chip. Uh, it's mm. it's a brand it's a brand loyalty thing, dude. And the problem is that AMD has and they're and and it's going to be tough for them to break it. And they're gonna and in order for them to break this. They're going to need to come out with chips, not only this go around, but they're going to have to be able to compete like this keep it up. every single time because they yeah. have this discount type shit. It's like it's like the Walmart of CPUs. You, you know, people that want to build a computer on the cheap on a budget, they get AMD. It's just the way it is. And whether or not the the, the specs are comparable, it doesn't matter. They have that cheapen brand. Uh, thing going on where people uh, a lot of people just associate them a with a discount with cheap and it doesn't matter the numbers it doesn't matter the everyday consumer is going to go i have an amd and your buddy's going to go "Ooh, you got an amd ah yeah you know you should, probably should have spent the extra few dollars and got an intel but th- th- those that cuck does has no idea the specs that maybe the amd actually maybe is identical or a very little less and in terms for the amount of money that you're going to spend for the difference is ludicrous but the thing is it doesn't matter that brand already has been tarnished when it comes to that there's millions of people out there that don't care they buy amd because it's cheap it works everybody's happy but the hardcore people the people that are going to sit down and talk about this stuff at the end of the day i don't think it's going to make a difference until this is an an every uh, year occurrence where they are just neck and neck, neck and neck, neck and neck. And the moment that they let off the pedal, even for one year, they're going right back to the bottom. And this is going to happen for three to five years before they're going to have to get out of that cheap and they're state. Fighting, they're That's fighting like it. a decade of that mentality from people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's coming it's, it's from a, a guy big, that knows nothing about this well, stuff. Well, it's a, hu- it's it's a huge uphill brand. battle. It's just brand, the way it is. Branding, yeah, brand-wise, it's a massive uphill battle for AMD because, like you said, for a long time, and it's true, it's been almost 15 years, like we said, since Antelon, the age of the Antelon, which is when I last built AMD, was the Antelon systems, um, mm-hmm. when they used to be that good. As soon as that went away, it, and I think the last generation, I know, I know, Jeff, you wouldn't know a whole heck of a lot, but the bulldozer bullshit was oh, fucking was dumpster. F- okay, so Jeff, bulldozer was the the name of the chip that came out before Ryzen. Basically, that was their and last pile big driver. One. And pile driver, and they and they they pushed like before they came out, they were like, "This is the sh- this is us coming back big time," and it fucking sucked some big. Harry Dong. Rip. Just awful, awful processors. And it didn't Rip. do anything they said they would, and you could fry eggs on them. It was just so fucking bad. And so this time where they didn't really hype Ryzen up, they literally just... Da- one day they woke up and they're like, BAM! Ryzen! Here we are! And just coincidentally, it happens to be pretty fucking awesome. So I think they need to stick to that strategy. Don't open yep. your mouth. 
Yep. Put the shit out there, and and people, people are positively talking well, about let your guys brand. Like Just Adam, let, it let guys like Adam advocate it and 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 uh, educate the cucks out there that know nothing about this and that will just defend uh, Intel for what it is. Because no matter what, even if, if uh, AMD comes out and says, guys, listen, our, our, our chips are better or, or as equal for, for less money. People, of curious. course, are going to say that, right? Yeah. And what are you going to do? You're going to take the word for it. If they just come out, lay the specs down and say, boys, this is it. And then you got, and then you got guys like Adam, who's really excited about the change and excited about the competition. That's their best way to, to get that out there because it's the guys that really, really know computers that are going to go out and buy that shit. And then after years of them building it, recommending builds to their friends, building computers, streaming with their AMD stuff and getting that brand out there, this is a long process. And like I said, the moment they lay off the gas, rip the dream back yeah. to square one. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to see how it uh, how it unfolds. If anything, I think everybody should be excited because at the worst, it means Intel might oh, actually yeah, have to lower their prices for the yep. first time in forever. In forever, <laughs> uh, and Canadians <laughs> should be very excited about this because you can actually build a computer, a computer. worth owning with AMD because our yeah. dollar is so shit that you need yeah. that thirty to eighty percent discount to fucking build a computer that will run better than a hamster in a fucking wheel. So. Yeah, yep. Get hype for AMD Canadians. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to uh, take a break and, uh, and switch over into pure sellout mode before coming back after the break. we got some more stuff to talk about. Lots of exciting topics. We hope that you've enjoyed it so far. Uh, also, big thank you to everybody who's been giving us reviews on iTunes and uh, continuing to five download and use the... Those, oh yeah, five-star five ratings all day, baby. We're making our way to 100. I'm going to be excited. I'm going to be hyped nice. as fuck. We, we have 100 reviews on iTunes. So thank you guys so much. It's really been doing quite well. We're growing. Uh, our daily downloads have been continuing to climb. So keep telling people about the podcast. It's word of mouth. is always a good way to do it as well. Uh, and yeah, we're here we go. We're going to dump into that extended sellout. We'll be right back in a few minutes. And uh, yeah, satisity. Hey guys, if you're enjoying Technical Alpha and are interested in supporting us, do I have a solution for you? We've set up a Patreon page to help us help you help us and you. We've got a list of options that would make a used car salesman cry that provide you with a range of goodies for your support. Head on over to patreon.com slash technicalalpha to see what's up for grabs. Do you like badges and stuff? Subscribe to us on Twitch TV to get, well, badges and stuff. Technical Alpha is live-streamed every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash technicalalpha, so if you're in the neighborhood, be sure to stop by. Listening to us on iTunes, Google Play Music, or another podcast app? If you're having a good time, be sure to give us a thumbs up. It's a simple thing, but it goes a long way in helping us reach more people, and really, more people should be able to judge us feverishly. It's only fair. Honestly, though, while we like to joke about the cello, just being a regular listener is a huge help, and we're incredibly thankful for all of your support. Technical Alpha will continue soon, so sit tight. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize for that. I am I am guilty of two things. Getting two bite brownies and talking for too long with my girlfriend. <laughs> those, those, I'm, I'm guilty. I'm sorry. The break was longer than intended. But we're back, and uh, uh, we've got we've got still some pretty awesome stuff to talk about, uh, or pretty hilarious, actually, the first thing we're going to talk about here, now that we've gotten out of our sellout time, 
Uh, and that is... Let's talk about that retro versus real quick. Okay, yeah, you, you go ahead, you talk about it. You give her a go. Yeah, yeah, so all you fine motherfuckers out there that are supporting via Patreon right now, $5 or higher, Adam and I recorded three episodes of Retro Versus today, one of which was pretty freaking awesome. Uh, Commando for the Nintendo. Uh, we played some wrestling tag team game, and we also bad. managed to pull... Uh, Super Mario 2. So we managed to pull that one too. So uh, some games are coming out. That is Patreon exclusive. So anybody out there that uh, is interested in that stuff, make sure to head on over to our Patreon. Not only that, it's a little extra bit of a sellout. We had somebody, uh, a, a fine, fine gentleman of Jet Ricks, if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, he went to the $500 Mark, so big shout outs to him. Uh, and with that, we are on the Solid. final run towards our first big stretch of 5k, which is absolutely insane considering we are like what, uh, not even three months old, not even three months. Uh, so that's incredible. pretty, in, pretty incredible. So if you guys are really enjoying the podcast, you listen to this on iTunes right now. A uh, good way to support is to chuck that five sheet. Uh, and get that retro versus a little something extra for you. Oh, we also got all the deliverables as well. Um, so at panic is going to start sending all that stuff out. Uh, so you guys are going to start to get some of the swag and uh, lots of spots are open, guys. So a little shameless advertisement as we push our way to the final. Uh, well, the, the the final like 400 or whatever. Oh, is left. First goal. Yeah. 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 The final and uh, Adam and I Adam and I talked today about what we're actually going to give when we get there Uh, that right now we have more tech support. Um, But we are thinking about uh, doing something else, um, which I guess we'll talk about some more when the time comes. But um, if that's what everybody wants to see by, by all means, we'll put out some, uh, some more tech tech support, but uh, we also had a a couple of other things up, get us to that goal tonight. Oh, well, well. <laughs> one with, guy really want to step in them. and ruin everything. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think that's gonna happen tonight. But uh, I think I think with with these new uh, retro verses out and the commando is so good. There'll be a trailer up for that. Um, you guys definitely want to go and uh, and check that out. So big thanks to everybody that's showing love. We're almost mm. there. We're almost there. We're on the backbone so of like three nerd ballers, but we're almost there. <laughs> So very close. It's gonna be. It's gonna be fun. I mean, all well, we can talk about it. We we're fielding the idea that we might that we might move the uh, what we are currently using as the seventy five hundred dollar goal down to the five thousand and do the movie stuff once we hit uh, a steady five k. Because we were just talking about you know the tech support stuff is great. We do uh, we know that people want, love to to have their questions answered and, and whatnot. Um, but we, we weren't a hundred percent sure if that was, it might oversaturate really going to, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. So we didn't know if that was really what people were going to want to have versus if we said, look, we, we can move the movie thing up and give you guys more Patreon exclusive, uh, content in that regard. Um, then, then maybe that's the thing. And if you're listening to this and you're not part of the Patreon already, then this is probably the most you know, pertinent information for you if you're waiting for something that you're interested in uh, to buy in. The movie thing, what we're talking about is once a month, 
um, the three of us will sit down and watch a movie together and uh, and do a recorded commentary that will be released in uh, in audio, possibly also video form to the Patreon uh, folks uh, as uh, exclusive content. Where basically all you do is you just go and find a copy of the said of said movie that we had. We'll have a countdown for you so that you know when the movie is starting for us. And then you'll be able to, to have our kind of commentary over top of it. It's a relatively popular thing that some of the bigger podcasts uh, have been yeah. doing. Uh, I noticed it's becoming more popular. Even the Giant Bomb crew uh, apparently does that uh, every once in a while now. So um, it's it's starting to become more popular. And apparently it's going to be popular for a reason. People must think that that's quite entertaining. So... We can give that a rip. Uh, let us know uh, either here on YouTube, the comments below about your, your thoughts about that. Uh, on Patreon, you can leave us comments in, in the community side, and we can have a little bit of a, of a discussion as to what you guys might like to ultimately see at the $5,000 goal. Yeah. Yeah. So, with the sellout fully uh, fully on, on tip, we get that out of the way. We've got, we've got some more sellout, but for somebody else. And it's really... Really, it's something that only somebody who is making $75,000 a year could ever possibly pull off. Uh, and that is the Twitch Plays the Stock Market. So this motherfucker has got so much money. He woke up one day and said, you know what would be kind of cool? If we did Twitch Plays Pokemon, but I give them all sorts of filthy money to play the stock market and, and automate that shit. And yeah. so he did. And here we are. $50,000 of his own placed in uh, with an automated system that is live. It goes live whenever the market opens. It closes when the market closes. And uh, just like with every other Twitch Plays thing, the chat basically decides what's bought, what's sold, and when. Uh, and you get to track their performance live. So far, apparently, they're not doing particularly horrible they've made a few hundred dollars i don't know if you gentlemen have stopped in to see it yet yeah i, oh, I watch it at work <laughs> just, just gonna smile at yeah i did yeah i did <laughs> i watched it it's just so ridiculous dude it's it's so ridiculous it's actually man. not as it's not as crazy as it sounds um i'll let you guys talk about it first and then i can i can kind of jump into it I, I have a lot i can say on it um well, go yeah, ahead, because panic, because I don't have that much to say about it. I mean, it's uh, just a fucking stock market. Well, I want to hear, just... hear your opinions first, like what you guys think it is, you know, because you guys are like the non, you guys are like the layperson. You guys aren't the ones who are like involved in the stock market stuff. So I'm curious what you guys think about it and like how you perceive right. this. Well, I mean, I, I mean, if you have, so my, my views of, my views of it are if you have $50,000, unless you put all your eggs in one basket, which is hard to do when the entire chat is basically just fucking people are just a lot of people. I, wa I walked in today and one of the things that they bought was QQQ. It's a fucking meme, but somebody has that stock fucking tag. So they bought a bunch of stock in QQQ. Uh, you know, you're going to get usually until a bit of a hive mind kind of thing happens every once in a while. You're going to get a pretty diversified portfolio uh, when you have a few thousand people fighting to decide what's going to be bought and sold. And so, uh, again, until you probably get a little bit of a hive mind thing, then everybody's like, fuck it, just buy $25,000 worth of Google and call it a fucking day. And I'm waiting for that kind of stupid shit to happen. Like, that eventually, 
some dumb amount of money, unless he's got a, a checks and balances in place for how much can be put into any specific stock at any time, which I don't know if that's the case. I'm waiting for something silly like that to happen. But I don't, as crazy as it is, it's not a particularly dangerous thing what he's doing with his $50,000, in my opinion, because of that fact. Um, but it is highly entertaining. I don't think he's going, obviously he's not going to become a multimillionaire off of letting a bunch of other people do this shit. But at the same time, it's kind of fun. I think it's kind of cool because I think a lot of people are going to go out of their, not a, not, not a ton of people, but some people are probably going to go out of their way and learn a bit more about this whole system, you know, the, and how it works just because it's so intriguing to watch this thing happen live they're going to look up the terms they're seeing on screen. They're going to, you know, figure out a little bit about how this all works. Uh, and I think that's that's not necessarily a bad thing either. I think it's quite cool. Would I do it with my own $50,000? Fuck no. But I'm happy somebody else is doing it because I just think it's incredibly entertaining and out there and crazy. And it's such a it's such a Twitch thing. The Twitch Plays thing. <laughs> I still think Twitch Plays Pokemon is the great one of the greatest, if not the greatest thing that ever happened on the website. Uh, and and uh, certainly one of the most entertaining. So this is just an uh, an offshoot of that, and it's great. I think I think it's fun. All right, so um, I'm going to start off and ruin some of the magic for you. First things first, QQQ is actually a legitimate stock instrument. It's pretty much of a course. Fund, so it's like a real thing, completely real thing. No, no, no. Really well, obvious, it's a obviously, obviously, I mean, you can't super common. Yeah, you can't, but you you can't. Yeah, but I yeah. don't think a lot of people probably, if they were spamming that in chat, they see somebody suggested. Yeah. The people in chat weren't like, "Oh, that's a legitimate yes. fund to put money into. Let's fucking well, go for that." <laughs> They're probably just like, "Oh, QQ, so. cry more. Let's fucking put that in the fucking stock market. That seems fun." So the big <laughs> thing is. Um, the guy's not actually as crazy. Like everyone who, like all the articles I read, they were kind of like hyping this up as some huge thing, and it was like some re- like crazy thing. It's actually not all that crazy. Um, the markets have a lot of checks and balances, especially um, this guy's pretty much going in as a day trader. Um, so he's got a lot mm-hmm. of restrictions on you know how much he can invest in one day, how much he can win, how much he can earn in one day, and how much he can mm. lose in one day. So the max is again, if things go tits up and horrible, he can lose at most twenty five thousand before he gets stopped. Yeah, you so can't go there under twenty five k. You can't, you can't, you yeah. can, he can't even bit. He can't even put money out there without at least twenty five thousand. Yeah. Um, and the first day, the first two days so far, um, everyone was like, "Oh, he's losing money." Um, no, he started at cash. First couple of days was literally just him um, buying the actual stocks and the positions. They're like starting his <clears> positions. <throat> yeah. And the big thing about that is. Um, He's super restricted because he's not doing like fast rapid fire trading. He's trading every five minutes, one trade based on what the chat vote is. Um, and there's limits to what he can can and can't do. Like he can't keep buying and selling the same stock in the same day. So he's like Twitch is really limited in how much damage they can actually do um, if they if they try to. Yeah. But, you know, it's nothing. It's nothing too crazy, and it's actually nothing too complicated that he's doing. He's just pretty much got some market data feeds up on the screen, and he's got some rigging that he did so he can interact with Twitch chat and pretty much do it. This is all trading system stuff that's existed for years already. Um, there is actually a trading platform called IM Trader, which is Instant Message Trader, where you can trade via IM just automatically. Um, so he's not doing anything crazy. Um, it's cool that he's doing it on Twitch, but the way I saw it when I looked at it was it's a recreation of an experiment they did a long time ago where they were testing high-powered fund managers um, to see how accurate they were at giving someone a return versus preschoolers. Um, they had oh, preschoolers right. pick stocks 
and then they had yeah, yeah. fund managers pick stocks. Um, and the funny thing was the preschoolers picked the better portfolio. <laughs> they made more money at the end. Like they tracked like the hypothetical portfolios and the preschoolers made more money than the fund managers who did all the analysis. I know where so, I'm going from my, from my financial aid. It's like, it's like crowdsourcing <laughs> to, you know, the mass mentality of Twitch chat to get mm-hmm. plat- like trading stuff. I mean, the um, stuff suspect- that they're trading on is all relatively safe stuff anyway. It's all. Yeah, it's, it's all common stuff that you see. It, like, no, and yeah. no one's doing it. It's like Tesla and other, like, you know, standard yeah. stocks. <laughs> um, so, what's going to happen is this guy's going to gain or he's going to get money. what we call. Yeah, he's going to get what we call index growth. Because uh, effectively, he, the index he's trading against is the mainstream mentality that lives in Twitch chat. Um, so, it's all these people who, you know, are whatever. Com- Apple, popular Samsung. Companies. Uh, yeah, exactly. Know, so that's what they're like, going to go it, for. Yeah. So he's going to, he's effectively just going, he's like digging into the subconscious of Twitch chat to get like a portfolio build, but it's going to be effectively like he invested in an index fund. So I suspect, yeah. you know, he's going to get like, you know, a modest three to 5% growth, maybe, maybe, you know, six or 7% growth, depending on what indexes mm-hmm. like you're going against. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a perfectly reasonable investment strategy. Um, it might seem a little bit odd and a little bit weird, but there's enough safety checks and stuff that, He'll be fine. Like I don't think he's better he's than not, a savings account. <laughs> exactly, well, infinitely you know, better than he, savings. He's got account, this fifty dude. grand. He's got this fifty grand to play around with. Um, and in general, invest. And this is like I'm. I'm not speaking in any official capacity. I'm not speaking as an investment advisor. But my personal investment philosophy is only invest money in the markets that you are perfectly willing to lose. Um, this guy is clearly perfectly willing to lose it. He won't. But you know he's not putting himself in any jeopardy. Well, it's gambling. Um, I think it's. I cool mean, he's that, gambling. Yeah. Like, but it's safe. Yeah. It's as safe as it gets Safer in than terms going of to a stock market. Yeah. He's going. You he's know. gone and played craps, and he's playing it by the book. Nothing fancy, and giving yep. himself yeah. that fucking the the, yeah. the like the closest edge in the whole casino to yeah. give himself the best so, yeah, possible he, chance of making money. He's also going to make money because right people are donating. People are doing, you know, he's doing all the Twitch stuff. He's going to get his partnership, obviously, if he hasn't already. Um, so he'll make some money as a kid. And, you know, this will be this will be a thing for a while. I'm sure this will run for probably a couple of months based on the portfolio unless there's some weird crash. But, um, you know, more power to this guy. Um, you know, you know, programming it probably wasn't too difficult. But, you know, he went out and did it. So props to him for that, I guess. I wasn't super impressed, but <laughs> cool. I, well, I I don't I didn't I wasn't like I didn't see it and, and suddenly like get wet panties over the the whole process. I mean, doing anything <laughs> Twitch plays is not really cool. for a programmer. It's not really anything remotely mm-hmm. complicated. It's just conceptually, you know. And you're and you're right. A lot of publications are blowing it out of proportion. Right? They're they're saying how crazy it is, but of course it's headlines. Again, dude, they, they, they I, 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 yeah, of course they got they've got to they got to blow it out. And then anybody, yeah. the lay person, the lay person that really, honest to goodness, has no idea. You know what he is doing specifically in the day trading, the restrictions and the checks and balances, and the fact that he's only trading every five minutes, and all these endless listed things that pretty much ensure that that like like Panic just said, and you know, short of some catastrophic market collapse, it's unlikely that that he's going to to lose or gain make money. any amount of he'll money. Make mon- he'll make money. He'll make money. 100%. He won't make huge amounts. He won't lose huge amounts. Like he'll yeah. he'll make a couple of percent yeah. on it, which is if he did it for one year. Amount. If he did it for one year, he'd probably make four or five thousand dollars. He did it for one yeah. full year, which is roughly index growth at fifty thousand. That's about ten percent. It's a little bit, yeah. It's a little bit above index growth, but 
You know, that's, I think $3,000 minimum is probably what he'd be looking at. I think three thousand is reasonable. What happens? But yeah, I guess four to five is probably on the higher end. I mean, I'm looking at it this way: if he's got fifty grand to put in the hands of a bunch of random anonymous people on the internet, his portfolio, his actual portfolio, is probably pretty bumping. And this is just basically entertainment value for him. He's sitting back watching this happen. He checks in on it probably a couple times a day. Yes, he's he's he's, he's probably. He's got his laptop on the side. He's doing his honest to goodness day trading on one side, looking over, seeing how the chat's doing on the other, and fucking calling it a day. I mean, how like many that's, people that's... wouldn't do that? I mean, I mean, sure. if came, say say you came up with a great idea, you would find fifty thousand dollars and you would yeah. invest fifty grand into your sure. your future. And well, you absolutely. build a community, like... you build a brand, you build all this stuff for fifty grand, and it's a relatively. I think safe it's bet. awesome. Even assuming you lose everything after one year of being in the spotlight on Twitch, you might even make back the 50K or the majority of it. There's no way you're going to hit zero uh, betting uh, oh, on yeah. on those on those markets. Uh, it's it's an absolute safe bet. I mean, if I had a perfect doubt, I would invest 50 grand into something uh, to, to build a, a massive a audience. <laughs> if I was a trader and I was doing this, I would be curious. Like, this would be an ego thing for me where I would want to see – if I had fifty grand in the market and I gave Twitch Chat fifty grand in the market, I want to see if I can beat the return that the the high mind of Twitch Chat. I want to, I, that would be like a personal challenge for me. Like, I think what you have to do is if you had multiple things. channels uh, with starting with fifty k and you see <laughs> which channel makes more money. Team blue. <laughs> yeah, you oh see which you, which channel makes growing. more money, and the channel that loses after three months donates it all to charity. Now that would be something pretty fucking cool. Oh, that would make mm. a ton of money. Red versus red versus blue. Who wins? Which that which would chat be wins? very very cool. That would be very right. very cool. All right. So when that happens and Jeff's idea gets ripped off, you've heard it here first. <laughs> well, if it happens, I want to cut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeff's the charity it goes to. <laughs> I am. I'll put it to good use. Yeah, <laughs> buying those retro video games. Yes, feeding my gas uh, tank. Speaking of retro video games. Final Fantasy VII, um, I think in, in the second episode or something we did of Technical Alpha, one of the early ones, we did talk about originally this whole Final Fantasy VII remake thing. I don't think it was like a topic that came up. I think it was just in tangent to having us talk about Final Fantasy in general. Um, but uh, pretty big news in, in, in regards to this thing. They have moved the development of Final Fantasy VII's remake from the external company that was once handling it internally to Square Enix. And specifically, they're placing it in the hands of the main programmer who did Lightning Returns, Final Fantasy XIII-3, which we all know is probably the greatest video game having ever been graced uh, a shelf uh, in any household. So, um... I just wanted to bring this up because it's something I think that all three of us are are certainly interested in and and would like to see how it goes. And so, one, uh, I'll, I'll ask Jeff first because I'm sure it's going to be entertaining. Now that you know that Final Fantasy VII is being done in house, how excited are you for the continuing project that is the remake of Final Fantasy VII? <laughs> just up with that noise. <laughs> Fucking pumped, Adam. You, ju- you jacked, pump. buddy? You fucking pump. wired for sound? I can't wait to spend sixty nine ninety nine four or five times over for Final Fantasy thirteen dash three point five. Kill me, just Seven kill edition. me. 
Uh, I mean, fuck. I, it, it's 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 whatever, dude. The game is going to suck anyway. I, I've already accepted it. The game is going to suck. So, fuck. What it's more do you want me to it, say, it, dude? It's depressing, isn't it? Isn't it just fucking depressing? Like before, it was it was we already we were already pretty concerned about it, and and you know if they told me they're moving it in house, I say okay. Then they tell me that they're handing it to the guy who did thirteen three, and I say now nah, you fucked up. Why does that guy have a job? Why is he still there? I want to know what's even funnier? They a, didn't take that guy off his project. He's still working on his other project in addition yeah. to this. Which they're very, very, very keen on doing at Square Enix, where they put one, uh, one lead guy on about eighteen different titles and expect him to be able to perform on all eighteen different titles simultaneously. Um, but to answer your question, Jeff, that's a very good question because thirteen three, to my knowledge, was the worst Horrible. selling thirteen selling. title. Terrible. So why he's he's still in any major role there, or why they would hand him something as sacred as the remake to Final Fantasy VII? Is beyond me and beyond words. I don't get it. I just don't. I just don't. Get I, it. I, I'm. I'm starting to feel like we're never going to see the game, man. I. I, I have this feeling though, that so. something's going to get canceled. Uh. I. I. I've, I hope. I hope this. This whole idea just burns. I. I. It's so scary to think that they're going to ruin one of the greatest games of all time. And as as awesome as it would be to get a nice modern look and feel and get these characters back. I I'm I'm if You'd if I gotta play Final nostalgia. Fantasy 13 in in Final Fantasy 7 I'm out I'm out I'm out I don't want to do it I don't want to do it and I don't want to pay for it I don't I'm know done. very many people that would want Final Fantasy 13 3 the Final Fantasy 7 edition I don't know anybody that wants that like the no the, one the, does the, dude the, nobody does the cross the cross section of people that really honest to goodness enjoyed Final Fantasy 13 13 2 and 13 3 which are such wildly different games that 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 Venn diagram is already fucked up to begin with they're the, the same people, that, people enjoyed, that are enjoying the switch bro they're the same yeah. fucking people <laughs> Their opinions don't matter. I'm tired of it. <laughs> if there's something, if there is something as sacred as Final Fantasy VII, don't pawn it off to the shittiest Final Fantasy franchise yet. Don't do it. Stop. At least give us the courtesy of of having. Give us the the respect. The 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 nod just saying you know what listen we may not be doing all that great we may have pissed off a lot of you but we're gonna at least take care of Final Fantasy VII for you we're gonna at least do this <laughs> you know we're gonna we're gonna you know we're gonna release an episode every year it's gonna cost you your fucking limbs but we're it's gonna be worth it you're gonna throw your wallet at the screen but no yeah. they're gonna give it to a guy that's working on eighteen projects and he's done Final Fantasy uh, thirteen dash lightning shit box returns he was not the creative guy at all for lightning returns the guy who's no, he's actually the programming the project he's just a, like he's the one who's managing if he's the project, in the credits the don't put him near the game i don't care what part you are i don't care if you made a fucking piss noise in the game piss off don't be near final fantasy 7 here's the thing here's the thing God here's the thing I'm, I'm looking at the screenshots for i'm looking at the screenshots for the 7 remake i actually have a little little glimmer of hope because it doesn't look like Final Fantasy thirteen three at all. Like it looks like it's got a, it's a updated versions of the Final Fantasy seven stuff 
with like the limit break meters and the uh, and like you know the, the time counters that they had and the menu looks like it's actually a menu based combat system like seven so I'm hoping like they're not mucking with the combat and from the look of it they might not be so send me this I, link I have a little bit send of me this link you're like I want to see these pictures I want to I want to have my, yeah, my soul the, get article. me excited about a fucking photo dude I I, I just same, can't wait same? to yeah. play this photo okay I'll take I just a look. love it's I just love a publicized the... uh, photo oh, yeah, from Square these. themselves. Okay. Let me see. Oh yeah, right. It's like the second picture. Where is <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Where yeah. is it? Okay, cutscene, 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 cutscene. Okay. Uh, the first for some two reason, is like showing gameplay stuff. For some reason, the last picture is is uh, balloon. <laughs> what the fuck. Uh yeah, so I'm there's two. Where like fighting the boss. Cloud guy. needs to work out, bro, because his arms. Yeah, are his thin. arms are a little stick line. Like that just looks ridiculous, dude. He looks like he's hey, starving. Look, look, this is a, this is an upgrade. All right, he didn't even have elbow joints, dude. I so want just, you to take a look at his goddamn arm, dude. My cock is thicker than his fucking arm. Literally. Oh well. He's, How yeah, is he even holding the, that Buster Sword? How? He's got those. I don't know. He's got those delts. He's got those delts to swing that bad boy around, bro. And he's been fapping hard. He's got the wrist strength to hold that, you know, eighty pound sword up. It's fine. I mean, it's friggin' anime. I'm not gonna harp on them for a skinny dude wielding a friggin' nine hundred pound looks, sword. He but looks, dude. He looks like the fucking he looks white a wigger. Sickly. He looks like the white wigger at high school that goes home and lifts <laughs> the twenty pound dumbbells uh, at night and does push ups, and then he Where's goes to his beaters? bathroom. And he wears a white beater. He goes in the bathroom and he takes selfies of him flexing in the mirror. That's literally what this guy looks like. It looks ridiculous. He, does. he, he looks does. ridiculous. And you're right. He looks sick. He looks like oh my, my fucking he, he cat when I got Ill. when I got fucking Milo. He looks like Max when I got Milo and he and he was so stressed out. He was stern. He looked like a fucking <laughs> bag of bones. It looked like he was gonna fucking die, dude. If he shit the wrong way, he was dead. That's what you know that's what a cloud you, looks like, dude. You know what's even better? Sick. You know, you know what's even better though. If you scroll over and you see the the side shot of Barrett, you know who he looks like? Wesley Snipes he looks like and fucking Blade. Wesley Snipes. <laughs> he looks like Blade, dude. Oh my god. He looks you, like you, Blade. He, the Blade card? he looks like you Blade. Look at him. Man. He looks like tell me that's not Blade. He looks like if Blade fucking ate Blade. That's literally um, What was the other up. Like what was the fat guy's name? Cuz he's in the screenshots too and he looks hilarious. Well, there's oh, the two guys, Biggs and Wedge. Who the fuck is that guy? No, Biggs and Who is yeah, that? Biggs yeah. and Wedge. Wedge, Wedge, Wedge. Oh, Wedge. Or Wedge. Is that Wedge? I guess. Yeah. He ate one too many fucking potato wedges today that much, but he was big in the game, so I'm going to let that slide. He actually looks fine, but Wesley Snipes playing the oh, role really? of, of Barrett is a little silly. <laughs> <laughs> what I need to see is Wesley Snipes voice acting the English VO of Barrett in the Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah, I'd I fucking I, I buy it just for that. I I will say the uh, the battle the battles scene there looks cool. That that looks dope. I mean the in game uh, where they're fighting. That looks now promising. panic. You said it doesn't look like it, but having having been torturously playing the Final Fantasy Thirteen franchise for uh, you know for as long as I You're had, and having to play. Yes, thank you. Thirteen three coming up here in uh in what not this weekend but the Again, following weekend. There's some indicators they might be fucking it up. Like if you look in the little corner of the each player thing, you see the ATB bar. So I don't well, know. Well, I'm seeing what I'm seeing I'm, right the menu now. Menu system is a guy diving in like it's 13, like where they where it's just constantly moving bullshit. Um, this looks 
almost identical to me. It's just painted Final Fantasy in terms of the words you're seeing on the screen, but it looks an awful lot like 13th Combat System. It looks like they're using the same engine, dude. They just they just yeah. gave it a different they probably are. facelift. They probably are. Because wasn't 15 even done on 13th Because it was supposed to be a 13 title. So 15 was just like a... Uh, a it was supposed to be 13 verses. Yeah. God, Cloud looks so awful. My God. He really looks that bad, dude. Like, this is Unreal that, that Engine. This is, the, this is Unreal 4? Oh, my God. Is it really? All right, they're that's using the shitty, Studio. That's How? the shittiest. That's the shittiest Unreal Engine 4 game I've seen yet. Unreal 4 has been putting I, I, out some okay, sick. Look that great. Some we'll sick see, friggin' we'll games. Yes, when, when it gets closer to release, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I hope this is like pre-alpha. I hope this isn't what it, the final looks like, but we'll see. I guess. Um, re- regardless, I, I, I don't want to com- I don't want to comment on how the game looks graphically because there's lots of time if they want to polish yeah. it up, whatever, yeah, whatever, whatever. Oh, yeah. My concern in is that combat image. It looks so much like 13, and the literally the last thing I want to do in Final Fantasy VII is have 13's combat. Literally the last. They could do almost anything else to Dude. this remake, and if they put Final Fantasy 13 or a or a shade of Final Fantasy 13's combat in this game, I'm going to have a really, really hard time not wanting to dumpster it every time I turn it on, if I even buy it well, in the here's, first place. Here's the, here's the funny thing, Adam. We're buying this in hopes that we never have to think about Final Fantasy thirteen <laughs> in any way, shape. We actually yeah, want to erase it from our memory and enjoy a Final Fantasy game. That is the whole point of playing Final Fantasy VII Remake is so that we can relive the actual good times. And if I have to in any way, whether it is the battling system, whether it is the shitty voice acting, whether it is the fucking the, the linear garbage, whatever it is, I want it to die in a fire and I want my Final Fantasy VII. I don't want Final Fantasy thirteen seven. I want Final Fantasy VII. That, that's it. That's all I want. That's it. Just please. If you're going to charge me 200 bucks, just give me what I want. Please. I'm begging you. This is the one game. I'm going to be that guy this time. I, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty easy to, to, to please dude in terms of video games. Like you, you put out a game. If I have fun with it, I'll enjoy it. But when my heart is dear and near to something like this and you're going to fuck it up and you're going to get you're going to replicate the worst of the entire series. Uh, I mean that, that it, it, anyway, I, anyway, I, I, I'm getting worked. No, to, no, I, I know you get wor- I worked up and the podcast has had a lot of, of negative shit. It's just one of those weeks, but the, the, um, I, I'm genuinely, I'm genuinely intrigued and in, in, you know, with, with square Enix's ability to be so enamored with the 13 formula. I don't, I don't understand why they're so excited about it because if anything, as a company, at the bare minimum, 13 sold like fucking mm-hmm. on a scale that was impressive, sold worse game over game as they were released. It kept getting shittier and shittier to the point where I think 13.3 barely crested a, a like a like a million and some or something like that or three million. I can't remember what it, what it was, but like it was so 
it dove so fast. Like the, the, the sales chart was just tanking and yet they're still so enamored with it. I don't understand why that's the case. It's all they I don't got, get bro. it. It's all they got. It's all they got. Like most companies see all that shit going down. They think, okay, people just don't want to see this. I don't know if that's because they think that people are just tired with the characters of 13, but they liked the combat and everything else that 13 had to offer. Maybe that's it. I actually it. didn't mind the characters in 13, to be honest with you. I kind of liked Lightning. I kind of liked uh, the fucking black dude with the afro. Um, I, I liked a lot of the characters in the game. I just didn't like that it didn't feel like Final Fantasy. And the, mm. the, and the, the listen, I, I actually didn't hate Final Fantasy 13. I hated the idea of Final Fantasy 13. If, if, it wasn't it was a so Final linear. Fantasy game, and it was it was called like fucking bumfuck Adventureland linear version episode one. It wouldn't be a horrible game because it's because on its own, it's not a, a horrible experience. It really it had its moments. It was emotional at times. It was exciting at times. The story wasn't awful. I mean, it, there's definitely been worse Final Fantasy stories, but at the same time. It wasn't Final Fantasy. It didn't feel like it. So that's what made it bad is we were comparing it to Final Fantasy, uh, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10, even 10, 2. And to come back to 13, it was just like, wow, what is this? I'm not sure I like it, but I do like part of it. It was just a weird hybrid. And then after 13, 13, 2, then it was like, okay, <laughs> you guys, you guys have just you've lost your minds now. That's how I felt about 13. I didn't hate it. I just no thir- was thirteen. Coincidentally, so I've, this is this is how this is how it went for me. I originally beat thirteen when it first came out. Right, I bought it. I played it. I didn't just play it, beat it. I put a uh, hundred and twenty hours into thirteen. So I was pretty well versed in Final <laughs> Fantasy thirteen. Then I recently with with Brian had to go back and play it again, and we and and people friggin' tipped enough in chat to the point where we had to do a hundred percent run. So not only have I played and beat this game twice, I have now successfully hundred percent completed Final Fantasy thirteen. Thirteen of the thirteen franchise oh, yeah. is orders of magnitude better than thirteen oh, yeah. two and thirteen thirteen three. From what I've heard, is worse than two, which I didn't think was possible because thirteen two might be one of the worst Japanese RPGs I have ever played. Period. Yeah. So thirteen by itself is not awful. It's not great. It doesn't feel like Final Fantasy. It has a lot of flaws, but it's playable. It's not. It's my, it's my not only the worst issue thing with thirteen. In, in was that was a straight line. That was my mm-hmm. only issue. With it's the so game. linear. Yeah. So <laughs> so very linear. Uh, fifteen uh, fifteen for different reasons was a hot mess. Uh, and I fifteen they, for two hours. I'm like not now. 15 is a really hard game to like, like super hard game to like. Uh, if you if you're big into MMOs and you don't mind grinding, 15 is going to do you wonders because the majority of the content in 15 is a single player MMO grind. That's 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 the 80 percent of the content of the game is that. Um, the the story was really great. The characters actually were were really good as well for the most part. Not all of them were smashes out of the park, but a, a couple of them were really, like in years, best Final Fantasy characters they had. Unfortunately, 
shittiest fucking exposition delivered in the video game out of any Final Fantasy I've seen in a long time. And then the DLC thing that they're pulling over everybody right now, on top of having in-game advertisements for Amex and Cup Noodle and an entire quest dedicated to fucking Cup Noodle, made me want to punch babies beyond belief. So I, I just want, like Jeff said earlier, to bring this full back around before we move on, I, I agree with Jeff that fuck everything else up if you want. If you are, if you are so hell-bent on destroying everything and setting it all ablaze, sure, fuck, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Mm. But the one thing that you should be so fucking dedicated to is the game that arguably has allowed you to even be at a point yeah. where you can shit all over the 15th yeah. installment of the fucking franchise, put all of your energy into making that as faithful and positive an experience for the players as possible. Don't fucking ruin it. And right now, for most people, I would guess... They're ruining it. They're ruining it or playing with fire. They're, they're dancing lines that they shouldn't even be anywhere near with the with the remake. And so I hope in the time that they have remaining, they turn this shit around and, and you know, get the, the shit pointed in the right direction uh, and, and make some better judgment calls. Uh, because while this might be one of those games that sells big in the first week, if it's going to be something like this, I can see the sales literally dropping off a cliff. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. fast. And returns yeah. happening and people just dumpstering it. And I think if they fuck this up, it's going to hurt the sales of any Final Fantasy that comes after it for at least the next few years. They're going to be angry. Because people are going to be salty as fuck. After 15 um, and after 13, 3 and 15, yeah. Yeah. They, they, they like, need some. They're on positive. strike two already. They're on strike two already. Yeah. Anyway, so, it is what it is. We'll see what happens. Let's hope. Let's hope for the best. We're all pulling for it to be good because I think we all want to be able yeah. to play it and like it. Oh, I'm, I'm praying to the gods. I'd love it. I'd love to see it happen. Next up, something positive, guys. We're gonna we're gonna get to be positive. Wonder Woman, as hoped, is apparently straight fucking fire. Mister mm. Black. How excited are you for DC that they actually have something that they can talk to people about and not cringe at the same time? Yeah, I'm I'm very very pumped and there's a lot have of DC haters out there. A lot of DC haters out there. Um a lot of Marvel fanboys out there and I even the critics that are on Team Marvel um they are putting down their egos and they are admitting defeat. Here um, and it's not even so much defeat, but everybody is celebrating uh, not only D- uh, DC's first great uh, superhero movie, um, but many many things have happened here. Uh, the first is DC's great movie, uh, so that happened. The second thing is uh, we have a woman that is starring in a uh, major motion picture. Uh, superhero movie, and it doesn't suck. Um, and apparently, she's not a uh, damsel in distress. She's not a Mary Sue. She owns the role. She absolutely embodies the role. Apparently, um, and also the movie director 
is a female as well and was given the biggest budget a female movie director has ever received and once again knocked it out of the park. So not only is this great... What a perfect movie for that to be attached to, right? Like, how how fucking, like... How fucking movie-esque is that in and of itself? Wonder Woman is the one that the female and you know, the redemption director of Wonder, the Wonder Woman brand. Yeah, and, yeah. It's, movie it's, perspective. and it's not only just the Wonder Woman brand, but it is a DC in general. They had yeah. everything against them here. The pressure was probably indescribable. The If they fucked up this movie, and even if the movie came out okay, if it came out like... Like uh, uh, Batman v Superman, where it was like you've got some serious haters, you've got some people that really liked it, and you got people in the middle that are just like, eh, it wasn't bad. You know, that's kind of where I'm at. Eh, it wasn't bad. It was, you know, the editing was bad and a few other things were bad, but Ben Affleck was great, and, you know, it is what it is. It was it was decent. Uh, but the fact that they overcame all that and the amount of pressure that the, the studio must have been in, the actors, the actresses, the director – um, everybody involved, everyone, there was so much on the line. And the fact that Gal Gadot came out and fucking owned this role, who is a relatively unknown actress, uh, to come out and do this and become a superstar overnight. Uh, they opened like $18 million on a Thursday night, uh, which is That's insane nuts. on a That's Thursday nuts. is absolutely crazy. Getting the club um, turned up. Oh no! Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's, it, it's crazy, crazy. The movie will probably do a hundred and I don't know, probably a hundred and fifty million. Uh, the opening weekend, I would imagine here. I think they're gonna uh, they're gonna be a billion dollar at least. Oh, I guarantee it's a billion dollar movie. Just the word of mouth alone. I think they're a a ninety four, ninety three on Rotten Tomatoes right now. And they were like a 97 before Friday. And the fact that it's now out and all of the critics are still at like a 90 something percent, that is huge. And considering so many people have had a DC chip on their shoulder, a lot of critics almost wanting these guys to fail at this point for ruining in their eyes so many uh, great characters and and or not giving it uh, the, the, the service it needs. Not only is this a big step for DC, but it, and I called it out. I know we had a podcast not long ago, and I said, I think Wonder Woman's going to be great. I think it's going to succeed. But now I have full, uh, um, I'm feeling good about the Justice League now. Even though Justice League is a longer movie, the fact that they did this right, I'm going to give them the benefit. Oh, I'm going to see the movie tomorrow, by the way. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going tomorrow. I haven't seen it yet Shitty either. thing I'm about this podcast is every Friday, every Friday night, my Friday nights are taken up, so I can't go see uh, the, the release on Friday night. So it's either I go late Thursday at like a 10 o'clock showing or I have to wait till Saturday. Um, so I'm going to go tomorrow night, and I'll give you guys my, you know, my, my actual thoughts on it next week. But um, I'm feeling really good about this. What about you, Panic? Um, I'm, I'm, I've been excited for it. Um, it was on the list of when we were going to watch, um, the other media company I work for, um, our, our editor actually went and watched it last night and produced their video this morning. And she never doesn't have a comment. She always has like a full on, like very strong opinion. And she has hated the DC franchise for the reasons you mentioned for ruining it. Um, and literally she's, she was speechless for how good this movie was. 
um, she's already made plans to go see it another two or three times, which is extremely rare for her to actually go see a movie multiple times in the theaters. Um, so, like, for me to see that, I was like, all right, this movie is this movie seems really legit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we have people who do this all the time saying, oh, my God, you need to watch yeah. it. I'm yeah. like, thank you. Because, again, like, DC movies have been absolute shit. And I absolutely hate having to shit on DC for producing shit movies. So when someone comes out and says, hey, this movie's really good, I'm like, yes, thank you. I'm not going to lie, I know dude. you can do it, DC. I'm, I'm like, going I'm, into I'm glad. this movie with such high expectations now that it yeah. is going – that. Uh, I mean, I'm not. I, I never had my expectations so high that uh, I, I'm. I, I can't be pleased. Like even when I go into a Christopher Nolan movie, I'm expecting an experience. Right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what it is. My expectations are high when I go in there. I usually satisfied. I'm going in it with the same thing. I'm looking for a. Mm-hmm. a uh, a superhero movie that is going to rival Civil War, that is going to rival the first Avengers. I want a, an experience, a cinematic experience. And the best part about it is, is finally we have a woman leading. And I know I talked That's in great detail thing. about being salty that so many women are leading movies and shit. But the fact that this character is the embodiment of a powerful woman. Um, that make that you know makes her own decisions and and is vulnerable and um you know it, there's so much to this character that the fact that they didn't doll her up they didn't over sex her they didn't over do all this stuff they made her the strong character that she is so I'm hearing because trust me if they if it was any other way. We would hear about it. You know, if she was in there, like, having a steamy hot sex scene with fucking uh, what's-his-face, Chris Chris or whatever is... uh, One of the Chris's. One of the Chris's. Chris Pine. Pine. There you go. Um, And and she was walking around in some skimpy-ass shit the whole time, then, yeah, it'd be a problem. But the fact that they they paid respect to the character, uh, she looks phenomenal. She's in great shape. She's got that... She's got that foreign look to her too. Like there's something exotic about her um, that that almost isn't human. Like just her as an actress, as a person, when you see her, the way she talks, the way she presents herself, it, it's very sexy but strong. Um, it, it's just done. It just looks like it's packaged so well, dude. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I'm going tomorrow. I'm fucking pumped. Can't wait. IMAX, yeah. baby. Uh, Woo. Let's go. Take Adam oh, with yeah. you. Drag him out of the house. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I, I'm very, I'm very pleased that, that it's, you know, I don't give a fuck, I, I don't give a fuck about DC, to be completely honest with you, um, but I'm pleased. full of graphic novels from DC. Yeah, but like, I'm, I'm pleased, when I say that I don't mean, I, I what I mean is I don't, I don't care mm. that they've been, you know, bombing movies, it's, it's whatever to me, you know, it's, it, it is what it is, but I am, I am happy, um, for whatever reason, I'm happy for Wonder Woman. I think, I think that, I think that. At the very least, um, we're getting this is now we talked about this. I don't know if this was last week or, or not, but we remember we we uh, talked about um, how the whole you know female roles thing feels like it's always forced all the time. Now, obviously, Wonder Woman is going to be Wonder Woman, but it's a role that uh, is strong, and like Jeff just said, apparently it's not over-sexualized, which is the most important part. It's not playing into the usual tropey shit that we get uh, with all this other stuff. It's it's not like Scarlett Johansson's 
character in the Marvel series where she's wearing literally clothes that looks like her skin can't breathe for hours at a time. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's a good representation of Wonder Woman, uh, and it's a it's good role model material, which I know is not something that a lot of people think about uh, ever, but it is, and to see it in in female form is great. And it's even better. It's not just great that a female leading role um, uh, superhero movie has happened. It's really nice that it's apparently this fucking good, right? That means that now there is a higher percentage chance we're going to get other female superhero leading role type stuff. Or they might get more shine in the other combined movie uh, things like the Avengers and the Justice League. I just hope shit it doesn't offspring else. a bunch of movies trying to now have an agenda where, oh, this female thing really works. So let's just no, have all organic. the females and everything. Sure, yes, we've uh, already yes, we've already established that that needs to be organic. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We have, the, we've established fact, that a yeah. thousand times. The, but the, 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 the fact uh, that they got this right as yes. Wonder Woman of all things yes. and all those points that you made, perfect. Perfect. It's, it's, it's really good that this they did that. This is when you want a strong I'm, I'm woman in the main role, right? This is exactly. It. This is that exactly. time. And uh, I think they casted uh, they casted her perfect. I think when I first saw her, uh, when they released uh, who was going to be playing her, I saw her and I was like, this is the, the new age Wonder Woman. This looks exactly what you would want Wonder Woman to look like. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe she won't age as well as the original Wonder Woman because she's literally apparently, uh, uh, incapable of aging. What's her name? Um, Gal Gadot? No, 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 no. The, the original uh, Wonder Woman. Oh, the original Wonder Woman. Um, oh, fuck. fuck oh uh, my God. I know her name. Shit. It's gone now. I don't know. Yeah. It's gone now, but she doesn't age. <laughs> She's literally immortal. Um, Linda Carter, that's her name. Linda Carter. Yes. So it was fun to see her and 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 what what's the actress? Is it Gal 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 Gadot? Yep. Gadot. What a fucking name that that, that is. That's well, a name Israeli, that I'm afraid so. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm I'm afraid I'm gonna mispronounce that every time that comes out she of my na- so my my mouth. Hot, my. God she's she's a beautiful she she's so a beautiful she's a beautiful woman smoking hot dude she her is. smile is absolutely infectious dude it is she's got those, <laughs> she's, easy, she's got that easy easy there stalker eyes, alert she's got easy these there. eyes bro oh my god dude she <laughs> is a fucking dime uh, piece an absolute oh my god she is just something special we need to Jesus, give Jeff a couple man, minutes I can't wait to see, see this blank movie. his camera a bit. Aye, but it was aye, nice. Aye. It was nice to see them involve Linda Carter in some of the stuff that they were doing, you know, promotional wise uh, for the movie and whatnot. I'm just, I'm just real happy for that this even exists and it's as good as it is. That's all. I'm, I'm happy. Will I rush out to go see it? No, because I'm a hermit, and maybe I'll go see it. Maybe I won't. But, but I am happy it's there. I'm eventually going to watch <laughs> it, whether it's at home or at the theater. But it is good stuff, and I'm, okay, I'm happy. Also, it's, I'm happy also- it's there. Also, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch this over uh, to Baywatch. So Kale and I went and oh, saw Baywatch no. uh, two days ago. Uh, oh, it's it's not doing so hot in the box office. Um, here's here it is. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out there. Um, it wasn't horrible. Uh, I I had more fun in Baywatch than I did Pirates of the Caribbean. I actually think Baywatch is a better movie than Pirates of the Caribbean. 
tell no dead man tale or tell no tales or whatever the hell <laughs> whatever it is. It's called. Whatever the fuck it's called. I fell asleep during Pirates of the Caribbean twice. Felt I was out like like out cold. It was that bad. <laughs> I just couldn't stand it. Oh no, man, Listen, you've been taking a lot of naps lately. Baywatch, I have been. <laughs> Baywatch is like it, it's it's so dumb. It knows exactly what it is. It's like watching the TV show on the big screen. It's got all the big cameos you can think of. Uh, it's just so much fun. The Rock is just so charismatic, and every scene that he's in, you just he without him in this movie, it would have been an absolute disaster. I mean, it's already a disaster uh, when you really think about it. But it would have just it wouldn't even have been watchable. Um, you know, I've got, you know, uh, my wife, she's soaking wet. You got fucking Zach Efron there. I didn't have to do any work when I, when I got home, you know, it, it sure. It, there was a lot of, there was a lot of dudes in there, but there was a lot of chicks in there. It was like, it was like watching a fucking Abercrombie and Fitch or whatever the fuck it's called a magazine. And it was yeah. like a photo shoot and it was just people in bathing suits saying raunchy jokes that didn't land three, three, three quarters of the time. But here's the thing at the end of the day. It was still fun. It was stupid, dumb, fun. And I liked it. I actually had a good time. If I had to give it a rating out of 10, I'd give it a 7. I would give it a fucking eh, 6.5. I'd give it a 6.5. <laughs> I'd push it to I 7 think, if I was like had a few drinks. I've had so much fun watching The Rock defend this movie on his Twitter. It's been absolutely hysterical. It's It's literally been... Whoever the PR people for that movie are, you need to re- just get rid of them and just put Rock. Hire the Rock. Hire, hire the, rock. the Rock because he's doing a better job than anybody else can possibly do it. The Rock has the Rock without saying directly that the movie itself is technically shit. He is saying that fans are still enjoying, like you were saying, Jeff. It is just an enjoyable movie. Is it a good movie? Fuck no. no. It is not <laughs> no. a good movie. But no. it is an enjoyable movie, which is, in, in, the, in the entertainment business, for most people, far more important that they enjoy the movie than it is that the movie is some sort of, you know, miraculously uh, amazing piece of cinematography. Uh, you know, like, and like you said, it's, it's got stuff for the, it's, it's eye candy for the guys and the girls. Uh, you know, the rock, even in his, in the you know, rock is going to be 60 years old and still going to be getting girls off everywhere around the world. Zach Efron literally, so Zac Efron is literally I dropping panties. I can't count as high as the number of abs Zach Zac Efron has on his body. I don't think I can count that high. It doesn't even make like sense anatomically. Shredded, dude. He's so oh, shredded in this movie. It's, it's stupid. At, like I'm looking, like I'm feeling, like I'm in really good shape. I'm like almost in the best shape of my life right now. You ain't Zac and, Efron and, and shape, I, bro. And I, I'm in the movie theater going, what the fuck am I doing with my goddamn life? I am a piece of shit. I feel like it, it, the, the the body on this guy is absolutely, make a straight man fucking gay as shit. I, I'm telling you, dude, it's it's absolutely insane, this dude's he's, body. He, well, and he's always been, he's always been crazy. in insane shape to begin with. Like, he's, he's, like, every movie I've ever seen Zac Efron in, he's just ripped to shit. It's just for this movie, he went the extra mile. He oh, was he like, was you know on what? some have, kind of cutting steroid. Like, There's no way in fuck you is natural have, in this movie. There's no I, I way. I have eight abs now. I need 12 by the time this movie is, is ready to shoot. And he made it happen. He just, he invented muscles that didn't exist in other human beings before and added them to his torso. So 
All the Straight props. Up, like Bruce Lee. Like, remember when you see Bruce Lee and he would have muscles in places that you're like, what the fuck? Like, what, what is that thing? <laughs> yeah. That literally yeah, was Zach Efron in this movie. Like, yeah. I don't have that. It's cr- it's nuts. Anyway, there you go. That, oh, that's no, the movie stuff for this for this week. It is. It, it was. It looks. It does look fun. I don't panic. Do you plan on maybe seeing Baywatch? Do you plan on uh, watching it? Watch it not on my list. Watch it on my list. Not on my list. Not on my list. Yeah. I'm definitely going to watch good, when it's on Netflix, Netflix or something else for for sure. Yeah, uh, and and you know it's 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 good stuff. I, it's the Rock. I can't. I can't. The Rock's going to have to do something catastrophic. This is the closest he's been to catastrophic, and yet it's still entertaining uh, to watch. Hercules, so, I, mean, I think, is Hercules is worse. That's, than that this. was pretty rough. That was pretty rough. Yeah. But that was before the Rock was was a movie god, and now he's literally just untouchable. So uh, we'll see what it takes. Now he's going to have to do like a Tooth Fairy remake or some shit. <laughs> make this any worse uh gentlemen it's time for technical alpha uh to move into tech support so if you gentlemen nice save uh yeah that was a save that was a brain fart turned into a save thank you for picking up on that save panic i appreciate pointing it out bro uh but yeah we, we're, we're gonna be doing uh technical support uh do you guys have any questions picked out I have Panic's usually prepared ahead out, of time. But I want Adam to read it because I can't do it justice. Oh, God. Oh, Why am I logged, logged in right now? Hold on. Yeah, paste, paste it into, into Discord. Discord for Adam. Yeah, because for some reason long. I'm not logged in. That doesn't make any sense. All right, so you're. I, ha- I haven't even looked. You're at You're gonna questions. do panics one right now, right? Yes, yeah. So you, if okay. you haven't picked one, what the ever loving fuck? Oh, that's. that's oh not done my! Yet. It's not done. There we go. <laughs> what is this? This is a novella. This isn't an actual question. This is DLC. This is, this. This is DLC. This is, a se- this is a separate podcast. All right, yeah. hold on. <laughs> All right, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a read. Hold on, I gotta change the patch notes real quick and prepare myself for this, this reading. It's like your movie voiceover. Oh my, that's not I'll gonna happen. You in. All right, here, here we, here we go. All right, I'm, a, I'm gonna try to read this and not crick my neck. This question is brought to you by Demi Zenith, one of our ten dollars supporters. Thank you very much, Demi. You're going to now get the Adam mm. Morehouse rendition of your question. The, Give the it full justice. Again, I need several breaths. This is a lengthy one. Ah. That's what she said. Literally. Uh, It's 2025. Adam, Jeff, and Tabine have just finished streaming the latest Technical Alpha podcast from their studio in Halifax. If only we had a studio, this would be so much better and so much easier. It's 2025. Tabine doesn't fly out. Tabine doesn't fly out until tomorrow. So the three guys decide to sit back and hang out for a while. The studio is fully furnished with living and dining areas, a kitchenette, and a bathroom. So it's actually a nice place to hang out, even when they're not using it for professional recording. Suddenly, the zombie apocalypse occurs! Oh my god! Though the studio... (laughs) Though the studio's TV and radio equipment... The technical team, alpha team quickly learn what is happening worldwide and immediately set to barricade themselves in the studio. They take a quick inventory and note that they have enough food for a couple of weeks, if rationed, and a good variety of tools and sports equipment that they had filmed an embarrassing sports DLC for the podcast the previous week to use as weapons. Thankfully, 
Tabeen has this weird habit of bringing three sleeping bags with him when he travels up north these days, and between the couches and a random futon mattress that Jeff, uh, that Jeff, oh, is storing here, there is a place for everyone to sleep. The studio is able to generate enough power to self-sustain even during winter thanks to modern solar power technology. The last thing they hear from the radio before the transmission is cut is that help is coming, but it could take months. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. In order to effectively manage their survival, the trio have decided to split themselves into three primary roles. One is to be in charge of supplies, responsible for managing, rationing, and preparing food and equipment. One is in charge of defense, and is ensuring the studio is always adequately fortified. One is to uh, one is to be in charge of communications and recon, responsible for planning scouting and supply runs, noting down important intel, and making contact with anyone who may be able to help them. When they venture outside, they do it together and try to spend as little time as possible doing so. Who do you think would be best suited for each role and why? Holy fuck. Wow. We could have have literally got rid of the first two paragraphs and just read the last (laughs) one. We would have had the same question. But I do like it. Very very creative question there, Demi. Very creative. I like it. Using some imagination. Setting the setting the tone i feel like we need some like background music of some eerie <sighs> uh, zombie apocalypse shit uh who would be the the is do we all have to answer this or we're just kinda, i guess like, we i, I, I think, guess we I think team we it up would, team yeah, it up like we'd have to we'd have to together we'd have to figure this out we'd as a have team to decide. so we may as well figure this well, out guys, as a team i hate to let I you think, know this but uh the zombie apocalypse is happening and we need to sort oh out who's doing what uh, Panic is definitely going to be the guy that is rationing and preparing food and equipment. Uh, without a doubt. I think that's I think, accurate. I think I'm going to be the dude that's going to be preparing weapons and planning defense and strategies. Uh, and I think Adam is going to be the dude that is going to be on communication and uh, planning and scouting and doing supply runs. actually going to send Adam out doing the scout, logistical though? stuff. <laughs> Is his I'm, body going to be in tallest, shape in 2025 to be able to handle this? I am this? the tallest person of all of us. I can just stand in one place and do 90% more work than both of you. So it's, yeah, it's, it's going to spin around like a lighthouse. I'm going to be just like a just like a lighthouse or a satellite. This is going to be me on the roof. Like, <laughs> yeah. And that's going to be uh, that, the whole that's show. That's what I think. I think those are the roles. I would agree with that. I, I, I'm. I, I agree with that. I think I can go. I, I can get on board with that. I can get on. Yeah. Board I mean, with that. I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to be the guy that's going to ration food and shit. Like, I just don't have <laughs> no. patience for that. Um. As for like planning and scouting and stuff, I'm just not very good with directions. I'm not very good at writing things down. Uh. And shit. But I think I would be very good at. Uh, dealing with defenses, just making sure everything is secure, having the weapons ready, planning the attacks, uh, just getting ready to defend. So sure as that was a really, as, yeah, as, yes, exactly. And since that was a pretty easy one to answer, let's let's follow it up with what is everybody's zombie apocalypse weapon of choice? Hmm. 
Right there. Lightsabers don't <laughs> count. No. Oh, the shield. No, not oh, the okay. lightsaber. That's the shield. That's your old that your weapon is a replica Herulean shield, really? <laughs> that that's an actual shield, bro. Like that is an actual shield. Yeah, like, you're gonna it's use fully the shield if you had to choose metal. any weapon. You're gonna grab any a fucking weapon. Shield. You're gonna use the Hillian oh. shield. If I can have any weapon, yeah, it'll probably be a flamethrower or something. <laughs> a flamethrower. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. I feel I like a flamethrower the... eventually is going to kill yourself, or you're just gonna accidentally burn shit that you I'm, shouldn't have I'm, burned. I'm more concerned about the fact that I'm using fuel I could be using for a car versus yeah. powering my flamethrower. Mm. I feel like that's a, a, a dangerous man. bet. That's going to uh, be practical. I think, that's going to be like a cricket bat or something. Uh, yeah, I think you're going to run out of ammo. Think, how are you supposed to pass up on a machete? Just a yeah. machete. All-purpose yeah. item and weapon. Give me a machete, I, a big ass, I'm, I'm, you know. I'm probably around the same, but I'll be different just to be different. I'm going to say uh, a samurai sword, like a very, mm. very sharp sword um, because, you know, cutting cutting limbs off and cutting things just and, and you also don't have to reload anything. You'll have to sharpen it, but you don't you'll run out of bullets with a gun. You'll run out of gas yeah. with a flamethrower. You know, a machete does seem good. A machete is more practical because it's smaller. You can, you know, you can move around faster. It doesn't take as much to swing it. Uh, but I'd probably go with the sword just for distance and uh, how sharp it is, just slicing, slicing shit up. I'd be like that chick from The Walking Dead. Yeah. Taking old bitches with a samurai sword. Yeah. That's that's oh, that's what I would do. just said nunchucks. <laughs> nunchucks! What an incredibly useless friggin' weapon for the zombie apocalypse. Oh my god, that'd be terrible. Alright, so that was that was an elaborate question. Mr. Black, what do you yeah. what do you got? Do you got a shorter um, question? Um yeah, yeah. There's actually not that many uh not questions today. Mm. Um a lot of the uh pineapple question that we've already answered before. Uh um I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go with Ooh man. I do kind of like this question. I like two of them. Oh, shit. Maybe we answer three if it's not a long question. So okay. you can pick okay. one and you All right. can say well, Okay. Up. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with, uh, uh, Stucka 87. Okay. Uh, who is a $10 supporter. And, uh, I do believe our timestamp dude. Timestamper. Yeah. Um, he, he is the timestamp Lord. He, he said, if you could choose one console to game on for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh God! Uh, that's a good uh, question, and that's a tough one to answer. Uh, and yes. this is assuming, of course, it never breaks, and the controllers are always fine. Yes. We're not going to be yes, like, we're, yes. okay, yeah, we're okay. not going to be like, oh, so well, really? You know, that one, yeah. It's about the library of games you have available to you, basically, at that point. Oh, well, that's I, I mean, you know, if you pick the PS2, which I'm thinking you're probably going to pick, um. Yeah, there's like 2,600 titles on the PS2, but 2,500 of them are pretty bad. <laughs> well, obviously, but I don't mean I don't mean in terms of sheer volume. I just mean it's whatever one like whatever ones you'd want to play the most of or have games that you'd yeah. be most interested in, right? It'd be yeah. like PS2 or SNES for me. Like I just have so many awesome mm, memories on yeah. the SNES, and there's so many just like timeless games on the older platforms. Mm. Yeah, PC doesn't count. PC does not count. No, it's not, it's not a console. We're talking console. Mark gaming said here. the Switch. 
that's, that's true. Play the same three games over and over again. You know what? Um, oh, my God. I can't believe I'm going to say this. I really want to go with the Super Nintendo, but even though that is my favorite console of all time, um, just because of a few titles, though, it's not It's not because it, it was... It had an insane library of oh, it did have an insane library of, of great titles. But I, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and and say the PlayStation Two. I'm gonna go with the PlayStation Two. Very good system. Um, I was gonna say the yeah, PS backwards compatibility. Now, now, do we have to? Do we have to? Are we allowed to to choose one just because it has backwards compatibility? But do we only get to play the PS2 games? Mm, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna cheat. I was gonna go with the PS2 a- anyway, but now that you're bringing up the backwards compatibility, there's yeah, so PS3. many good PS1 games. Um, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm still gonna go with the PS2 just because I don't give a shit about the PS3. Um. Even though you can do the backwards compatible one, but barely. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Yeah, barely is right. I'm gonna go PS2, and it's only because there are so many JRPGs on the PS2 that Play would that you could just yeah. It's like an endless amount of 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 playing. I feel like the Super Nintendo would be fun. Also, the carts would virtually last forever. Uh, discs do scratch and they do deteriorate over time. Oh well, yeah, like uh, we said, we're we're not talking about, but we're not we're not getting that technical. Power. So yeah, so I'm I'm gonna go with the PS2. I like I I was gonna say PS2 as well. I mean, it's like the most e- it's the easiest choice. You get PS2, you get PS1. It's a massive catalog of games, a lot of long games that have a good chunk of replayability. Uh, the controllers aren't the old school controllers that basically destroy your hands yeah. after five minutes of play. Uh, it's just, it's the, it's, it's, uh, the, I think the PS2 is the great, that's why I, when we were talking about greatest console of all time, the PS2 is greatest console of all time for me because for that very reason, the catalog is huge. The backwards compatibility is, yeah. is unparalleled to this day. And, uh, and yeah. it's, it's, it's just, it's so, it was such a, a huge catalog. So I'll, I will not say PS2 because Jeff said PS2. I'll try and come up with something else. Panic, do you know what you, uh, what you would go with? I'm, as much as I would love to say the PS2, I just have too much nostalgia love for the SNES. Yeah. I love that choice, dude. I just, I, if it's the rest of my it's life, it's like a toss I up between the two. I'd be happy with either of them. Like I would, like yeah. I wouldn't complain. Yeah. I will I will do the one that nobody would ever pick in the history of ever. Because I would assume that I would only end up playing like five games. Dude, if you say <laughs> the original Xbox, this is That's done. what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> You're just gonna play Fable, aren't you? Fable all day. No, gonna I'm just play gonna, I'm gonna play all day. I'm gonna play Morrowind. I mean half my life will be loading times. Project this Gotham Morrowind, Raining. Project Gotham Racing. Jet Set Radio, uh, Future, and like, and Halo and Halo 2 uh, would be like, sure, done. Great. Uh, and a handful of other titles that, that were there that weren't like, uh, you know, God tier titles, but they were, they were titles nevertheless that, was, uh, that I enjoyed. Shit, even Mist is on Xbox, bro. I could play Mist it again is, on I Xbox. Yeah. So, you know, a bunch of different Mists are on Xbox. There's one yeah. called uh, Revelation. Revelations uh, four, yeah, they've got uh, the the regular mist. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of those types of games. So, yeah, uh, I still think I'm it's a shitty go, pick, but I, you're just doing it out of spite. 
So I'm OG. We all know well, not not a spite. I mean, ultimately, yeah, like it'd be hard to not say yeah. PS2. But but you know, there are a lot of games in my top ten that are on the original Xbox. So I, why not? Yeah. Why not take original Xbox? What was the other question that you were having a hard time picking between? Um. Yeah, we'll do this one quick. Um. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, shit, man. Okay, it was basically I I, I want to get the name, uh, because I want to give him a shout out. Basically, well, somebody said the names in front of me. Yeah, somebody somebody said, um, is there you 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 said that there's perfect movies out there. Um and oh yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, like what is your oh, what is what is a perfect movie? What is that's what is your from, perfect movie? You know, I think I know. I think I know what that's from. Joe Racicott. He's a ten dollar pledge. Joe, I think I know Jeff's perfect it's movie. Joe Racicott. Uh, oh, I 10. see it now. I'm sorry I if I butchered it. your name. Yeah, my my apologies. Um, he said something Jeff said from last podcast. What is the perfect movie? And for all of you, which film is that? Uh, is already out that has come closest to being the perfect movie. So he's basically asking us, is there such thing as a perfect movie in your eyes? And if so, what is that perfect movie? If you can think of one. I think I know Jeff's. I know mine. I have my reasoning behind it too. Well, go ahead. Yeah, so um, for me, the perfect movie is not like it, it's just structurally. There's some things like a movie should have, especially on like the story, like how they intro the story, how the conflict and like the whole story and the screenplay is written. That's like a big part of it, um, like how they reveal the characters, how the characters develop, and then ultimately the play payout at the end. Um, in addition to the cinematography and all that other stuff, um, I don't personally believe that there is actually a perfect movie out there. Um, I don't think there ever will be. But the closest one so far, even after all these years, I'm going to say is Shawshank Redemption. That's because, yeah, yeah, because, again, cinematography-wise, um, every shot had its importance and the way it was set up. Um, the storyline had its beginning. It had the buildup. It had the characterization. It had your payoff at the end, you know, and, you know, it played to all the points of what a screenplay kind of should have. Um, and, you know, and the big thing is it's timeless. Like, there's a reason they show it yeah. on yeah. TV all holiday seasons all the time. And, you know, it's it's still a satisfying movie to watch even for the 40th time. Yeah. So I actually, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and call it a perfect movie. I can't think mm. of something that is wrong with the film. Um, I mean, I'm not a, a film critic. Um, and obviously, film, music, everything is subjective. But seeing as though it is one of the highest rated movies of all time, the fact that you, you said they do play it a lot, um, who doesn't like a good prison movie? Like, who just doesn't <laughs> like true. a good prison movie? It's the best prison movie ever made. It's. In my opinion, it's the greatest movie ever made. It's one of the greatest um, movies, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely in the top three uh, of, of greatest movies ever made. And I think that's not even subjectively. I think that's objectively. Uh, it it's is hard just, to quantify why, but it's just like everything in that movie hit kind of yeah, perfectly it, it's, where it's it needed the to development, hit. It's the development of the characters in it. It's it's the real, the the the, the, the realness, everything. the heart to it. The the acting was just so well done. Um Everybody was relatable and they didn't glorify prison. It was they they it was 
there's something innocent about it, but so real and tragic yet um, uh, happy. Um, it's that movie that just makes you feel good, but makes you feel sad uh, and it's, makes you care about people. It's a long um, ass movie, but you don't feel like you wasted any time at the end of it. Yeah, it's just so good. I, I, I'm right with you, Shawshank. I'm, we're both done. That's, yeah. that's that's it. I mean, I could talk about Shawshank. I, for, I've seen it I so mean, many I, times. Yeah, we can have another podcast. I, I think, yeah, I think Shawshank is is. I agree. Shawshank's probably one of the greatest movies ever made. Um, I, I am I am the furthest thing from a movie critic. I can if it's only if something is particularly bad or particularly amazing that it stands out to me. The middle ground stuff all blends together in terms of cinematography and stuff. I'm not somebody who's going to sit there and pick apart a fucking thing and say, this scene didn't need to be here. This was superfluous. It was just, you know... So, yeah, I agree, though, that Shawshank, for example, it stands out because even to somebody like myself, everything had its place. It was there for, you know, a reason. Uh, and it flowed, and even in its length, it, it didn't feel like a long movie because everything had its place, and it flowed so well, and the characters were built properly, and so on and so forth. For me, when I think of p- perfect movies, um, I think of it more of a, on a subjective thing. You know, what's a perfect movie for me? What is a perfect movie? What does a movie have to do where, um, uh, or, or not necessarily what does a movie have to do uh, but w- what movies feel like to me that I can go back to them and watch them at any point in time, because what, what more can you ask from a movie personally, you know, not from a technical standpoint necessarily, but what more can you ask from a movie personally, if it's something that you can go back to and watch almost any day of the week, five or six times in a week, it doesn't seem to matter. You just, the movie is, is you like it that fucking much. That's, you know, mm-hmm. What I look uh, when I think of what's a perfect movie, and there's a I think everybody has a handful of movies, whether they are good or bad movies, it doesn't seem you know I don't think that matters. But those movies that you can go back to and watch a thousand times, like Jeff, you know, dust till dust till dawn or whatever, you could probably mm-hmm. watch seven days a week and probably never get tired of fucking watching uh, that yep. movie. Home um, Alone, I can watch Home, Home Alone, Alone. exactly. Never, hate I think it. everybody's got those movies for me. Um, I have a handful of them, but what I think was actually just a really good movie in general, and it's, I think of also movies that I recommend to people that are movies that anyone can watch and get something out of it. Uh, Goodwill Hunting is on my short list for movies that I always tell people, uh, about. Is it, is it a Shawshank Redemption? No. Uh, but there, it's it's pretty, it's pretty, it's a fucking good movie. It is it, similar to Shawshank. There isn't a lot of frivolous shit in that movie in terms of scenes that didn't need to necessarily be there. There, you could maybe pick out one or two small minute, two minute long scenes that, that could have been cut out, but it, you know, it's a pretty well-made movie. And just like with Shawshank, like Jeff was saying, where it's, it's relatable, people are relatable, the character development's really good, it makes yeah. you it's care for people. It's a character-driven film. It, that's what exactly. it is, right? You care about the characters. Um, it's just a really fucking good movie, and I... There are not a lot of movies... Also for me. That, mm. yeah, that, that give you a serious feels train, or give me a serious feels train, and I know it's poked fun of a lot on the internet, but the it's-not-your-fault scene... If you take the joke of the internet out of it, is a goddamn fucking awesome scene. That is a really good 
piece of film right there. And it comes from some, I mean, it's Rob Williams, who you don't necessarily always automatically associate with dramatic acting. And here he is in this movie, and I think it's one of his best movies, uh, if not his best movie, in a dramatic role, um, killing it. And then another scene in the opposite direction, where they're sitting there joking about Rob Williams in this movie, the, his character's dead wife, and where they ad Rob Williams goes and ad libs that story, and you get uh, the genuine laughter um from uh from matt yeah. damon in that scene and it's just so good and it's just so natural and everything felt natural it felt like i was like watching just somebody's actual life unfolding and it was fucking awesome so that's my my one of my movies that i that i would go to for that would be would goodwill hunting panic what was the one you just mentioned while i was talking Is i didn't it, uh, hear rounders it. rounders yeah which um, one's that? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not. I know I've never um, seen it. I've never even heard of it. Matt so what Damon, is it? Edward Norton poker movie. Um, I okay. highly recommend you watch it. Actually, it's not a long movie. Um, it's kind of in the vein of it's like Goodwill Hunting. It's yeah. like not in the same like style, but it's the same like you know type of movie. Um, yeah. And it's just a very good character movie, I think. Um, and it plays out well. Again, the story and the pacing is good. Um, it's no Shawshank, but it's a very good movie. I feel like you you might enjoy it. It's good, man. It's good. Yeah. So we got three. We got three of them in today. Let us know in the comments uh, what your guys's perfect movie is uh, in your eyes. Once again, it's you know it is subjective. So you know your perfect movie might be fucking RoboCop one. I have no idea, um, but you can explain why in the in, in the comment section. It's just always good. Um, and then of course you know share the uh, the podcast. Go tell a friend. Go tell him. Go tell a friend about this, uh, and go hit up that motherfucking Patreon page. We almost at that five k. So go hit it up. Just go hit so it up. So close. We can. We watch were just talking about movies. We are just talking about yeah. movies. What if the three of us sat down and watched the Shawshank Redemption and talked about it? Mm. Well, we can do that at five k. We can <laughs> if we choose to make that make the that goal happen. now. Which again, let us know on on Patreon if you're already a Patreon or on YouTube. Wherever you can leave a comment, let us know if that sounds like a, a a better thing. If you'd guys rather us do that instead of answering more questions separately outside of the podcast, which was the original goal, and a lot of people did seem to, to be interested in that. But if you would rather us move the movie thing into that slot, then then let us know. Or if you have other ideas too, by all means, uh, let yeah. us know what your your ideas might be. But um, but yeah, that that is uh, technical alpha episode twelve, gentlemen. We have come. To another end, to a beautiful podcast, a nice little package for everybody to listen to while they're on their way to work or trying to forget the fact that they're at work, which mm. many people, I believe, do with this, uh, with this piece of entertainment. So, gentlemen, any closing thoughts? Anything before we uh, send this out to, uh, to the thank you page? No. You guys are Nothing. awesome. That's all I yeah. got. <laughs> guys are awesome. There you go. I love you. There you go. It's true. You guys are freaking killing it right now. Really helping us grow. And we appreciate that every single week. Uh, for those of you who are watching live, of course, we will be back same time, same place next Friday. So you can look forward to that. And uh, same goes for everybody listening at home on iTunes. You're going to get this coming up next week. So you can look forward to it. Thank you once again for listening. And until we see you guys next time, have a good one. Peace. Wait. 
Back that up. Before we go, I need to read some names. My god, I had this whole outro thing done and now I've got to back it up because I fucked it. I ruined it, boys! I fucked up. We were going so well. We were going so well. It was so well. It was such a buttery finish. And here we are. Hey, Beastall. You're a god. Just thought I'd let you know that. Just I, I just thought I'd let you know that Beastall, you're an absolute legend at the one thousand dollar tier. Uh, you're you're an absolute god. <laughs> you're an absolute god. Also, Jetrix for stepping up to five hundred. Also yes. a god. You're a beautiful, beautiful. Just want to just want to toss that one out as well. Uh, I can't hear you over the sound of how fucking awesome you are right now. So I I apologize <laughs> for my lack of hearing, Mister Miyagi. What's that? You also like to play amongst the clouds in your godlike status? Yes. You too. At your tier. An absolute legend. And not to be outdone are the other legends. Postal Panda. Jamaican Jazz. Adam B. Toad of Steel. Naily. J.A. Derek P. Fry C. And Ice Wolfie. I don't know if you guys are recognizing this. There are some serious repeat offenders here that have been yeah. tossing in $100 I was about to say that. I was about for to say some... That, dude time you guys are yeah, awesome yeah, yeah yeah it's pretty incredible we we have what one two three four five six spots open still for the hundred um beastall uh, the the god i mean he is he is he's still at it he is absolutely still i think he went in at five and then he went up to a k and he's still sitting there uh jet just going from 50 to 500 and Miyagi holding it fucking steady at the 250 <laughs> and all those $100 soldiers out there uh that is absolutely incredible guys i it's mind boggling it's literally mind boggling so we love you guys and everyone i mean we don't want to downplay the dollars no. the 5s the 25s the 50s no. but even when the, you look at a page just watch like and that promote it's awesome yeah it's it's absolutely everybody that's supporting the podcast you're allowing us to do take this next uh, next venture, and uh, we're having fun. Hopefully, you guys can tell uh, by that, and uh, we're and we're being consistent. We're showing up every week. We're getting it done. We're doing what we said we would. And uh, up next is all those deliverables. I can't wait for all that to come out so that you guys can have your swag and uh, and all that fun shit. So thanks again, everyone. Yeah, absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. Now I can smoothly uh, outro because we've mm-hmm. done everything that needs to be done. So once again, want to thank you guys for coming out and listening live. Thank you on YouTube for uh, for watching and listening, and everybody at home listening on iTunes, Google Play, and beyond. Everywhere we've plastered this bad boy, we appreciate you uh, putting ears ears to the uh, the earphones and uh, and listening up every week here at Technical Alpha. We'll see you guys next week, and until we do, have a good one, and for real this time, peace. Uh-huh.